down in the slot. Blanco keeps it alive. Loose What's up and welcome back to the Something's Brewing Podcast, episode 76. 76. The Alexander Chokolachev episode. The Cocoa Puff Man, Alexander Chokolachev. Oh, a blast from the past. Oh my God. Dude, complete blast from the past. Um, He had his moments here, but didn't last very long. I group, dude, I group him, Ryan Spooner. And like JFK, Jordan Caron, JFK, like they're all in that same group of like these what guys. About Zach Hamill, Zach Hamill, Seth Griffin. Oh my god, dude! Even um, <laughs> I always, I always remembered because I used to love uh, Logan Couture in the draft that the Bruins took Zach Hamill. Like they took him like yeah. one or two spots before Logan Couture. It it never. It never sat right with me because I was always like I, I would always do an NHL franchise. And I would always go and trade for Logan Couture, and I'd be like, "This is what it was supposed to be like. He's supposed to be the one C here." He's I mean, supposed it didn't to matter be. in the, didn't matter in the long run, anyways. But um, you know, I feel like there's a lot of drafts that I think back. I always think about like NBA drafts. Like, oh man, like we just missed out on this guy. There's like a concerning amount of NHL drafts, especially in the last ten to fifteen years that the Bruins have like just missed out on some guy, and they're not even all first round draft picks. But honestly, though, like, yeah, they've missed. But then you kind of look at it and they find guys deep like Carlo, um, Pasta late in the first round. Swayman, by the way, oh, yeah. maybe the greatest goaltender to ever play since. You know what? Since we're starting off talking about Swayman, I was talking to you earlier about um, the statistic that I was drumming up while I was out on my mail route. Right. And <laughs> I had to do that. That's what I do when I'm working. I just, I stop for like five minutes. I'll look up stats. I'm like, Holy shit. But this one, that's why it takes my mail and get to my house. That's why I don't get to your house until like 11 on some days. Cause I'm looking up, I'm, cause I'm looking up David Poshernock 2010 junior stats or whatever. <laughs> but so I was looking into this, right. Um, Looking into some Jeremy Swayman stats, because obviously he's been having another great year. Last year was a Cinderella story for him. Um, and just it seems every year he's getting better. So in my head, uh, as I was telling you earlier, I have these thoughts that just cross into my stratosphere in my brain. And they come from I don't know where they come from, but they just suddenly appear and I spew them out. So I, I started thinking, I was like, God, Connor damn, Garland. Like, Yes. Well, yeah, but we. I'm not going to talk about him right now. But like Connor Garland is the fucking man. I 30, he's 30% having, salary retained. Connor Garland. 
Dude, his his like his like J Fresh hockey card or whatever is a ninety nine. He's a he's great. He's player. had some uh, some pretty good sellies this year too. I've been seeing all over Twitter. Yeah. Anytime I see any Connor Garland related content on Twitter, which to be honest is not often. If I if anytime I see the name Connor, I'm sending it to you. If it's Connor yeah. Garland, write to you. It's become. Yeah. It's become quite the joke that's taken on a dude, life of its own. Dude, I like it's funny because B's memes, B's memes tagged me in a, in a tweet about Connor Garland. Actually, I think it was, that was the one where I saw he had a 99 card. But anyways, before we get too deep into Connor Garland again, um, future Con Smythe winning Stanley Cup champion Connor Garland. Anyways, um, Jeremy Swayman, right? So his first 100 starts in the NHL. I compared his stats to other great goaltenders in NHL history because his statistics in his first 100 games are insane. Jeremy Swayman, in his first 100 starts as an NHL goaltender, 61, 27, and 7. There's a couple of no decisions in there. That's not going to add up to 100. There's a couple of no decisions. But that's a that's a good record for your first 100. A 224 goals against average in a 920 save percentage. So I stacked that up against other NHL elite goaltenders throughout history. He has a 920 save percentage in his first 100 career games. In his first 100. Holy he, shit. A 920 save percentage. <laughs> so what I did was I, because again, same reaction that you just had was like, that is bananas. Like that's fucking crazy. <laughs> so I was like, holy shit. Like that's going to be up there with some of the best. So I started to do a little research again, pulled the truck to the side put the mail off onto the tray and I started going to work. Martin Brodeur, Marty Brodeur, first hundred games, 52, 31 and 13 with a 237 goals against average and a 913 save percentage. Check Mark goes to Swayman. Next Patrick Wah, 54, 34 and seven, 294 goals against average and an 887 save percentage. Check Mark goes to Jeremy Swayman. Next Andre Vasilevsky, 43, 37, and 8, 264 goals against average, 916 save percentage. Check mark goes to Swimming. Wow. I'll do a I'll do a couple more. I'm noticing a theme here. <laughs> a little bit. Henrik Lundqvist, the king of New York. 52, 33, and 12. Also the king of TNT. 249 goals <laughs> against average, 913 save percentage. Check mark goes to Jeremy Swayman. Now let's um, go to another one. Dominic Hasek. Many consider him to be the greatest goaltender of all time. 45, 30, and 10. 247 goals against average. 912 save percentage. Check mark goes to Swayman. Um, there's one more that I wanted to find. Carey Price. 51, 32, and 12. 270 goals against average. 911 save percentage. And if you're curious about Tuca and Tim Thomas, which a lot of people were, Tuca... In his first um, 100 starts, 47, 36, and 9. 229 goals against average, 923 save percentage. Toss it in the air, but that probably goes to Tuca. Um, Tim Thomas, 44, 36, and 14. 291 goals against average, 912 save percentage. Check mark goes to Jeremy Swayman. Jeremy Swayman is, I mean, dude... What what was his goals? What was Swayman's goals against average and save percentage again? Swayman's goals against average two twenty four, save percentage nine twenty. That's just that's pretty silly. Because I'm I'm looking at the list of the recent uh, 
Vesna winners. I mean, if you go back 10 years, dating back to 2023, 2024, the last time Tuka Rask won it, I mean, he that that his 220 goals against average is lower than about half of the guys on here that they had in, the, in their Vesna winning season. Yep. And his save percentage is pretty pretty close in line. There's some 922s here. There's a couple. There's a 931. Bobrovsky went crazy in 2016. But I mean, those numbers that you just read off of Jeremy Swayman's last, you know, first 100 games in his career. And this isn't like, obviously, he's an insane goalie now, but that also includes the starts he had when he was a 22-year-old rookie, when he had 41 starts, the 23-year-old. And those numbers stack up very well, almost identical to what we see from the last 10. uh, I mean, I can go back farther than that, probably the last 20 uh, defending Vesna winners. And like the legends of the names you just you just rattled off, he's better than all of them. I mean, that's ridiculous. Holy shit. And this, you know, I had a moment the other day. Actually, no, it wasn't the other day. It was November 24th, 2024. Okay. It's very specific. Jeremy 2024. Swain, 2023, sorry, sorry. Oh, okay. November 24th, 2023. Uh, and it was Jeremy Swayman's 25th birthday. And the Bruins put out a graphic, you know, like, happy birthday, Swayman. And I was like, holy shit, like, damn, like, what's he, 27 now? And I look, I am six days older than Jeremy Swayman. <laughs> and I had, like, a like a cataclysmic, like I just, I curl up in a ball, like here I am like doing a podcast, like just kind of, you know, just playing, playing shell every, every night. And, and this dude is putting up historic numbers through his first 100 career games. And I am six days older than him. And it just, it, it really made me reevaluate my life. Just to tail off that really quick um, this morning. So last night, obviously we have a, uh, if you guys don't know about this yet, um, this Thursday, Thursday night, um, the PTP group, we have a PTP West and a PTP East group on EASHL, and we're going to be playing a seven-game series. So last night, um, the group that I'm on, me and Mel are on opposite teams um, for the first time in probably our in- yeah, NHL yeah. careers. Um, <laughs> our NHL careers, our EA NHL careers. <laughs> our um, NHL video game careers, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I was up last night practicing with the guys up until we were, we were playing until three 30 in the morning. I had work today. I was supposed to clock in at seven. It takes about 40 minutes to get to work from where I live right now. I woke up at seven 30 and I called my boss immediately. And I was like, Hey, I just woke up overslept. I'm coming in late, but I'm coming. Like I'll be there soon. So I get into the office and he looks at me and he goes, he goes, what did you do last night? Like, why did you oversleep? Probably thinking I was uh, like partying, drinking, whatever. And I looked at him and I was trying to think of an excuse and I couldn't think of anything. So I just looked him dead in the eyes and I said, Greg, I was up last night playing NHL way too late. All right. <laughs> and then my other boss chimes in and she goes, playing video games? You're almost 30. What are you doing? And when she said that, I had a conniption inside of my head. I was like, she, that's the first time I've ever felt like an old person. Almost oh 30. God. Almost 30. I had, I was at, sometimes like things just pop into my head for no reason at all. It, it's a blessing and a curse. And I was walking into Target the other day and I, 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 I randomly stopped walking. I went, you know, I'm, I'm closer to being 30 than I am to being 20. And I had, I had to sit down. It was, it was too much for me, but no, I, I woke up this morning and I saw like you and a couple of the guys were like texting in our chat at like three 30 in the morning talking about <laughs> shell. And I was like, 
what the hell did I miss? Because I went to bed because <laughs> you and I were just talking about this before we started recording. We had a men's league game last night that I had to miss because I was just I was feeling like ass. Yep. I probably fell asleep at 9.30, 9.45. I fell asleep a solid, what is that, five and a half hours before you guys even got off the game. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, these yeah. guys are going crazy. But no, but that, the, uh, the, the PT, I think it's called what's it's the, the tapped in series. The tapped in invitational or something. Some people watched it. Most of you probably didn't, but we did a, a live stream draft last Thursday where there was, there's 10 of us and we drafted the teams. Are you, are, are, who's East and who's West? Are you West? I'm West, baby. I got my draft hat right. right here. <laughs> so Sully's on Team West. He was the third overall pick, and I went fourth, which I think is kind of bullshit. We should have been one, two. But either way, <laughs> you're on Team West. It's who is it? It's you. It's your captain, Chris Davis. Shout out, drop the mitts. It's mm-hmm. um, Ian Kennedy, Greg. Brett yeah. Howard, and Good Vibes Greg. Yep, squad. Pretty good team. My team, captain by Ace, is myself, Ace, Boosie, uh, Army, and Marty the Meat Man. So it should be very entertaining. It starts this Thursday. We're going to be doing a live stream. I think it starts around 8 o'clock, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, there will yep. be tweets leading up to it all day. But I be- we're doing a best of seven series. So I think we're going to play probably at least two games on Thursday. And then the following Thursday, we'll do another two games. And then the following Thursday, we'll play another two games if necessary until we get a winner. Um, but I think that the way that we're going to do it, is there's going to be a, we're stupid and it's really hard to figure out streaming stuff, especially when some of us are on Xbox and some of us are on PlayStation. Yeah, the cross platform doesn't help. Yeah, we're trying to figure out the best way to stream this to have people enjoy listening to it. Because if there's ten of us on one stream, that would be a nightmare. Like that would suck so much. So I think what we're going to do is we're going to have one team stream one game and then the other team stream the other game. So it'll be a cool way for people to kind of peek in and see who's doing what. Um, but it should be a lot of fun. We've been playing Chell. We've been just laying the hammer on some of these teams. We've been not, not to brag. Our, we've been in D one now for quite a while, so we've been training for this, getting ready to go, and it should be a lot of fun. How do we get? How do we get sidetracked on this topic? Um, Jeremy Swayman. Talking about how old we are, and we play yeah, video oh, games while right, he's because- putting up video game numbers. Yeah, but I mean. The Bruins Honestly, right now. I, sorry, I know we're talking about Swayman, but Tuka Rask's numbers too. There was first. Very good. Holy shit! I didn't I know. know that they were like. I can't even. Can you imagine like Toronto's face? Just <laughs> those first hundred games of Tuka Rask's career and the last just, hundred games just, of Andrew Raycroft's. Like, no offense, <laughs> Razor, but even he would tell you that was a bad trade. All right. <laughs> no, that's crazy. But I mean, the Bruins. They. I mean, we've talked about this before. I mean, we. The team has been so blessed by the goalies that they've had the last goalie coach Bob, dude, fifteen to twenty years. Yeah, I mean, Jesus goalie coach, I mean, goalie coach Bob might be the Bruins' most valuable asset. Not seriously, even, like, like honestly, not even kidding. It's ridiculous, and like I remember, like listening to um, the episode of Spit and Chicklets that Tuka Rask was on, and he was talking about. Um, the just the ways that goalie Bob affected their game, and even like the small intricacies of being a goal that's how you say it, right? Intri- yeah, yeah, you the, got it. The, the small parts of being a goalie, <laughs> Jeez, I, I can I can spell it, I can't say it. Um, of being a goalie, like he just gets. I remember, um, and even like padding wise, like I remember, like, um, I thought he said that goalie Bob hooked um, Tim Thomas up with. 
I thought he said it was with Dominic Hashik to help him get like Hashik's pads because he used like these special pads or some shit. But I remember, um, I think it was Linus Olmark was saying how Goalie Bob was like impacting his game to the point where, and it was something so small with Olmark where like when he was, um, when a shot was coming in, like he, like Goalie Bob worked with Olmark to have him like be more on his toes or something and like almost start like this little wiggle to help him get ready for the puck. And it's something that seems so miniature like that's such a small thing like that you can implement into your game but like if you look at you know Olmark's numbers since coming to Boston and working with goalie Bob it wasn't a small sample size that he had in Buffalo I mean he was there for like four or five years and the numbers he put up in Buffalo are nowhere close to the numbers that he put up last year or even the year before that in Boston for that matter so um and I mean like it's not it's not just a coincidence that, you know, Tim Thomas comes to Boston and works with goalie Bob and suddenly he's literally putting together the greatest run a goalie has ever had in NHL playoff history. And then they get Tuka Tuka Rask and he turns him into who should be a first ballot Hall of Famer. Here comes Lena Somark. We picked him up for four years, five mil a season. Suddenly he just 938 goals or save percentage with like a sub two uh, goals against average. That's batshit crazy. And like just the way that he's working with these goalies, no surprise that Jeremy Swayman put up those numbers that he did through his first 100 games. He's definitely their secret weapon. So with that, I, I want to discuss something as well. So Jeremy Swayman, obviously he's a free agent after the season. Um, <clears throat> and I'm very curious what you think the – Cap situation with the cap situation. I, I'm pulling it up on the stream right now. I'm Whoa. There we go. All right. I didn't so, know we could do this. So I didn't know either. I just figured it out. I'm a computer genius. <laughs> so that's the 2024 offseason projection right now. Um, if you're watching on YouTube, you'll be able to see this. I'm gonna throw this episode up there. But the Bruins coming into next season with um Jake Debrusque as a UFA, JVR UFA, Heinen UFA. Um, Swayman RFA, Grizzik will be a UFA, Forbert will be a UFA, and Shattenkirk will be a UFA. The team has $26 million to spend. So if you're the Bruins, and we have questions coming up later in the show as well about Jake DeBrusque and his contract, but if you're the Bruins and say just forget about JD right now, focus purely on Swayman. What If you're Don Sweeney and you're in his shoes, what would you offer to Jeremy Swayman right now? Because we all know, too, he made those comments about going through arbitration. It didn't seem like he was too happy about it. But at the same time, what player is happy to go through arbitration? Zero. I would – I'd give him – hang on. Let me get my calculator because I have a number in mind. I I obviously want to sign him up long term. Um, And I know we talked about this a little bit last week about how I think – there could be a chance that Olmark's pending free agency also has some sort of impact on how much money Jeremy Swayman would take. Cause I feel like Swayman would take a discount if it means staying with Olmark a little longer, but at the same time, Swayman's 25. He's trying to cash in. He deserves all the money he's going to get. So I'm going to say, uh, yeah. And you got to think about term too. I'm, I'm, I'm going to do six or eight. It's going to do there. six years, 45 million. What's that, that would AAV? be seven and a half AAV for Swayman. I would take that a hundred percent. I would take that. And I think that that leaves a little wiggle room. I know. I think last week we talked about, uh, or I talked about, I think six and six for Swayman, which I would give him in a heartbeat. I don't think, I don't know if he would take that, but that was on, that would only be if there was a promise that he would take less for Omar. I think if you give Swayman six with seven and a half 
AAV, so six years, $45 million. I think that's fair. I think Swayman can probably squeeze out more money than that from the Bruins if he wanted to, and I know he would probably get more than 7.5 AAV on the open market. But I think if you give him six years, 7.5 mil, and then re-sign Olmark for like, I don't know if he would take like uh, three years, 12 mil, where he has he's making four million AAV. I mean, I think he's worth more than that too, but I don't know. That's when it gets a bit hairy. I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to be paying your two goalies more than more than eleven and a half, twelve million dollars a year. I would. I would be okay because we. This is another thing we talked about before, where there's only been there's never been a goalie in the history of the NHL to win the Stanley Cup making double digit AAVs. It just it it does not happen. Teams don't right. invest that much money in their goalies, and the Bruins are in a are in a unique situation though, where they have like two legit number one goal, like the Tampa Bay lightning, for example, they need Vasilevsky to make the play. They need him to start 65 games for them to be a top three seed in the Atlantic. And they need him to start every game in the playoffs to win the Stanley cup. He's arguably the best goalie in the league. He's worth $10 million plus the Bruins have two guys in Omar and Swayman who could start 65 games who are, important to their team and we saw what happened last year and only one so like the, both of these guys if the Bruins are to win the Stanley Cup are going to be extremely important in the regular season you're going to see a healthy split like we've seen the last couple of years a healthy split like we've been seeing this year and they're probably going to go alternate games in the playoffs this year because they didn't do that last year and it was an ultimate disaster so I don't know like I really want both of them to stick around if you have to pick one over the other obviously you're taking Swayman and it unfortunate for Omar that Swayman's contract is coming up first, so he's going to be the first guy to get paid. But um, I think that the Bruins need to negotiate with Swayman, maybe with the thought of seeing if there's any way they could keep Omar around too. But like when push comes to shove, oh, I don't know. I'm glad I'm not the one negotiating that contract. Yeah, and since we kind of honestly, since we have this pulled up, um, we have a couple of questions coming in also about Jake DeBrusque and his contract. Um, obviously, we all know how he started the season. Um, the first two and a half months was ugly. Um, he was playing good hockey, but he wasn't producing as a top six winger. That's all changed since the Christmas break. Since the Christmas break, he has eight goals, six assists, um, plus nine in 14 games <clears throat> since the Christmas break. So 14 points in. 14 games. Am I doing that math right? Eight plus six. Yes. All right. So he's, <laughs> he's producing now at a point per game pace. Um, we'll see. Obviously we all know he's a streaky guy. We don't know if that's going to continue, but the way he's playing right now, he's guns blazing. He's flying up the ice. He's finding the net. He's finding the open guy. And this is his, his, you know, it, this is his style of hockey he, and he's playing it perfectly right now. But that begs the question. He's also a UFA. So, with the Swayman contract that you that you you put seven and a half, you said six by seven and a half, right? AAB. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So that would put the Bruins at eighteen and a half million dollars in cap space left. So knowing that, and knowing that Jake DeBrusque is streaky, knowing that when he's hot though he's humming, knowing that he is outside of maybe last season, he's a pretty good playoff performer historically. He, he, he can play in those games. That's not a worry. He's he's more than capable. What would you offer Jake DeBrusque? Because I'm thinking personally with JD, um, I'm thinking he's going to want a longer-term deal. He's not going to want another bridge deal. He's going to want this to be his deal, to take him at least, at least four years, right? Mm-hmm. For JD and his production and with the cap 
going up next season. I would say, and let me know if you agree, but I would go maybe six, six, six by (laughs) six by six. I think six by six is where he ends up. Do I think that that's what they're going to offer him initially? No, I think they'll probably offer somewhere in the fives, but I don't think he'll take it. And I don't think that they want him to walk away to another team. I think they want to keep him. So they might have to go six by six. And honestly, if that's the deal, I'm all right with that. So if no, you go, sorry. I was thinking more along the line. I was, I was, I want to give him like a Charlie Coyle contract, like Mm -hmm. five, five, two, five, maybe five and a half. Yeah, five years. So I don't know what that would be total, but five years, five point two five for Jake DeBrusque. I think that that's fair. I think that he was fantastic last year, and he's been great these eleven games. But we've been talking about it. Although he's been playing good hockey, like the dude had like nine points. There was first thirty five games. I don't care if he's back checking and if he's doing whatever Jake DeBrusque was doing for the first half of the season. That's not a $6 million player. That's not a $7 million player. And you need him to be more consistent. And I feel like the Bruins have a little bit of leverage in negotiating when it comes to that because he was could not find the back of the net to start the season. Yeah. With that being said, I know we were saying it seemed like every single game his number was going down because of his inability to find the net. Well, now it seems like with every game his number is going back up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so maybe, maybe the Bruins should come to the table sooner rather than later. But um, Jake DeBrusque is definitely a guy who's going to be a hot ticket if he's a when he's a UFA and he hits free agency. And I think that the Bruins, other teams do have the ability to help talk that price up for Jake DeBrusque. Um, I would give him. I would give him six. Okay. I, I I don't. I wouldn't. I would be reluctant to do so. Um. And well, let's, I, I wouldn't go any higher than six, though. I would I would feel comfortable five years, 5.25. All right. So then let's meet in the middle and we'll go five and a half. So say okay. say we'll go five and a half mil AV for JD. So now you have JD and Swayman locked up um, long term. And that $26 million of free money of cap space. Now that you sign these two guys, you jump down to 13 mil. And with with these guys being signed, right? So that leaves we'll say these guys are signed. It'll go Marshawn, obviously, for another year. You got Zaka, one C, and you got Pasta. So your first line set. You don't have to worry about that. You got JD locked up, so now you go JD, um, we'll say Coyle and Frederick. Um, yeah, Frederick. Second line, all set. Here's where it gets interesting. Right now, JVR, um, he's he's a pending UFA. Remember, you got $13 million in in free money in cap space, open open cap space to spend. So we'll leave that spot vacant for right now. Third line, you probably want to see Patra. Again, he'll mm-hmm. still be on his rookie deal, 870K for another two years. So he's set right there. And then you're looking at what? Maybe Geeky? All right, yeah, we'll throw Geeky. So third line, you're missing a left wing right now. Again, we'll go Danton Hine in here. He's going to be a UFA. Um, but fourth line center spot, figure it out. You got Beecher for another year at uh, 925K. And then on the right side, you got Lauko. On, and then after this upcoming season, he'll be a UFA. So you still have him signed through next year. 
So you have two spots open on the left side, third line, fourth line. Defensively, you're set. Um, you got Lindholm and McAvoy locked up. You got Mason Laurie one more year on that rookie contract uh, next year. You got Brandon Carlo locked up at 4.1. Phenomenal deal. But then your bottom pairing is probably where you're going to see the Bruins spend some money. Because right now, Grizzik, I don't think they bring him back. Maybe they do on like a team-friendly deal. I don't know if that's the best option for the team per se, but if you can get him into this roster at a contract that's pretty friendly, you can play him third-line minutes. Um, I, I doubt he's going to stay in the top four with Lorai coming up. And then your bottom right pairing defense too. I'm sure you could go with Parker Watherspoon. Um, he's been. I hope they do. I like Parker Watherspoon. Yeah. So say say you keep Watherspoon. All right. So then you go. Would you pair Lorai with McAvoy next year? For the sake of this, yeah, experiment? yeah, I would. And I like right. Lindholm and Carlo together too, so that makes sense. Yep. And you keep those two, and then we'll say Watherspoon on the right, and then, I mean, you could even spend some of that money on a guy like Noah Hannafin. And you can pair him with McAvoy, and you can keep Lorai kind of in that third pairing role with Parker Watherspoon. They they're yeah. familiar with each other. They played with each other in Providence. Um, they played together. They played with one another this year in Boston. So then you could. All right, we'll do that. We'll say you sign Hannafin. Probably how much? Six and a half, a seven. Lind- yeah, I would say a Lindholm like deal. Yep. So then, even then, say say it's seven. You send $7 million on Hannafin, then you still have um, $6 million in, in free money. So then you go... Uh, well, Dan Heinen's going to get eight and eight. Yeah, and JVR is going to get a max deal, so you're, <laughs> you're going to lose them. But then you have six mil left. It, well, actually, not even, because you could probably make a case that Fabian Lysel is going to come up next year and play like a Matthew Potter role, play, playing mm-hmm. bottom six minutes and see what works. So let's go Lysel, Potra, Geeky, third line. Rookie deal, making rookie money. And then fourth line, you can figure that out. You can figure out who you want to plug in there. You can find a guy in free agency, maybe with a little bit of weight, maybe another kind of JVR slash Danton Hyatt type of deal. And you go from there. This team has... So much money going into next year, and it is it could not come at a better time. We do. Hey, hey, hats off to us. I think we just broke that down so well. Hats off that was impressive. Us. I was watching you do that, man. You had smoke coming out of your ears. You had your math going, calculator going. I'm yeah, impressed. My, my pencil caught on fire. Listen, people always say, you know, the the something Bruins boys can't do math. Well, look we what can. we just did. Look, well, I mean, yeah, that's true. I, I asked think. you if eight plus six added up to fourteen. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, no, it's four, like forty or whatever. Wait, eight <laughs> times six is. I don't know. I, either way, um, no, that's that's still a it's still a competitive team. And then even if you want to go to year a year farther than that, I mean, actually, that's a good question. What do you think? Okay, let's say this season ends, next season ends. The Bruins have a good year. I don't know. We can say they make the playoffs. They lose in the second round, whatever you want to call it. What are you going to give Brad Marchand? He'll be what, 36, turning 37, coming off I mean, a six million, six plus? I mean, does he retire? There's a, it's a possibility that he retires. Oh. Coming off a hip surgery, 
Um, I, don't put that in my head right now, man. Come on. I don't. I don't know, dude. I, I. I don't know if he would come back. But if he does, I. I don't think he would go to another team. But at that point in his career, you can probably offer him around like four mil, and he'd probably be willing to take that. Yeah. If I had to guess. Did you see um, Bergeron finally put the the rumors yeah. to rest about him coming yeah. back? <laughs> it was actually funny. It was a pretty definitive no, I think. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, did you hear what he said? He was like, um, he was like, no, just come to one of our come to one of our skates and you'll know that I'm not coming back. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like, no, I can't do it. My body's not ready for it. Yeah. That sucks. Just we, we had fun with it for a week or so, but yeah. even, uh, even the big dogs, like even um, like some of the bigger podcasts were talking about the possibility of Bergeron coming back. And it just felt like we were like, okay, what are we doing here? We've kind of lost the plot. So it was fun to hope for a little bit there, have a little, you know, twinkle in your eye that you might see 37 back on the ice, but. That's right. We'll see him come back when they're retiring his jersey number. Yeah. Um, hey, Bruins are on a five-game winning streak right now. Just beat the Jets. Just kicked the shit out of Montreal. Um, that was a fucking great game to watch. Uh, uh, yeah, Jets 4-1. to one, Bruins 9-4. to Good four game against Colorado, too. Good game against Colorado, 5-2. to Danton Heinen hat-trick. David Pasternak hat-trick. Uh, shut out the Devils. And then Bruins win against the Blues in overtime. But... Um, at this point in the show, we should probably go through the voicemails. Um, I know we have a bunch. Um, we got we got a couple from Johnny. Um, we got one from Stu this week. Actually, he just sent it in a couple minutes ago. That's why I made that face <laughs> at you. Um, but should we hit up the Lova line? Let's yeah, let's hit up the Lova line first. Um, hey, the voicemails of the Something's Brewing podcast uh, brought to you in partnership with Mel's House Crab Rangoons. Um, <laughs> Call 555 Mel's House Rangoons to get a 15% discount on your next Crab Rangoon order. And all money will be used to fund Louisville's presidential campaign. As yep, 2024. He's as an in the Whig party. I don't know what he would be, <laughs> what he'd be running as. Yeah, he has some questionable policies. We'll just... <laughs> <laughs> you know what? We're behind him either way, though. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's okay. All right. Louisville we 2024. Louisville dialed up the Louisville line four times since last week. We have one from Saturday and three from Monday, all at concerningly close to midnight. So I'm wondering what his level of sobriety is, what he called it. On the first one, yeah, Monday night. The first one is Monday night. They uh, did not have a game. so They played the Devils. They played the Devils. Oh, I'm looking at next week's schedule. Okay, so the first one. Was that Winnipeg? Hang on a yeah. second. Hang yeah, on. yeah, 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 yeah. That was Winnipeg. Dude, that was last night. What are we even talking about? Yeah, it was oh. Winnipeg. <laughs> Dude, we are so <laughs> Oh my god. All right. The first the first, <laughs> first one is from Saturday night. So this is after the Montreal game. This is after they beat the brakes out of the Canadians. Uh oh God, I do that every time. I always click off the thing. All right, here it is. Fuck, these just beat up Pentel Hat, 9-4. Fucking Dan Hyde and Hattie, dude. The fucking... The crowd was doing the wave. Oh, my God. My Pentel didn't go to that goddamn game. Are you kidding me? God, it was buzzing. The bees. A bees in. Let's go. But yeah, why did we, uh, we send feature down? Good with that. Oh, yeah. What do you guys think about
Yeah, what's up Uh-oh. with that? So, funny enough, Beecher and Lorai get sent down. Providence Bruins win two to one in overtime. Beecher gets the tie goal. Lorai wins it in overtime with a fucking nasty ass goal. Disgusting goal. Disgusting shit. But that Habs game, uh, there were only two players on the team um, without a point. (laughs) (laughs) Can you name those two players, Mel? Um, Is one of them Forbert? Or no. Oh my God. There was only one. Was it Forbert? Oh no, there were two. There were two. One of them was Farber. The other one was Matt Patra. But Patra can get him. He can. He he's fine. You know what I noticed too? The Bruins won nine to four. There was only one player on the Bruins who was a negative. You know who it was? Shaddy. Yeah. Oh man, yeah. that sucked. Everybody was a positive player, except for <laughs> Kevin Shattenkirk and Derek Forbert was a plus zero in a game where you scored nine goals. They scored nine goals, and I think it was sixteen different players had a point. And Kirk was a minus one. And Forbert no, didn't. He was a minus two? He was a minus two. <laughs> and that's your third pairing. Dude, Forbert sucked that game, too. I know it was like. His he doesn't first just game suck that game. game. He fucking no, just know. sucks. And it, it was funny. I, you, I, it might have been um, Andrew from the Short Shift Pod was saying how, you know. This isn't just one bad game from uh, Forbert. It's like, yeah. holy shit, we've had like three bad seasons from Forbert, and they need to stop shoehorning him into this lineup to just to justify his $3 million cap hit because he's there's no reason he should be playing. Like, he is not good. In a game against the Montreal Canadiens where you score nine goals, his partner is a minus two and he has no points. And I think it was the first <laughs> It was the first two or three games. I don't remember if it was against Montreal, now that I think about it, or it might have been against Colorado. I think it was Montreal because we were playing Chell during it. And like the first two or three goals of the game that the other team scored, I'm assuming it was Montreal. It's like the first two goals of the game that Montreal scored, Derek Ford was out on the ice for. And they were like brutal goals, like entire, almost entirely his fault. And uh, it just, it killed my vibe. I was playing Chell, but well, uh, yeah, it's, it, it, it was, Oh shit. It was the first Montreal goal. Cause they opened up the scoring. Um, and it was a power play goal. And this whole time, this whole time, everybody's been telling me, oh, you need Derek Forbert for the penalty kill. <sighs> well, fucking, um, where, where is it? They, <laughs> it went away. Hang on. Hang on. Montreal. <laughs> Montreal, this game. Um, oh, you know, you, you know, sorry. They they were two for three on the power play. Like, I get I remember- it, he's probably rusty, but like, Really? I remember, I don't remember if it was their power play goal or the other goal they scored when he was out there, but it was like, it might've been a three on two or it was like, it was a transition and he was on the right side and Montreal came down on him with the puck and like they skated kind of straight at him and did like an in and out move. And then instead of like doing a crossover and going with the player to the boards, he just, he kept his, his skates firmly in the ice, skating backwards in a straight line and stuck his stick out to the right instead of moving to the right. And the guy just went right around him and and scored, and yeah. or they make he might like pass it across the crease and scored. It was like, what? I think what that was am I watching? Yeah. It might have been the Suzuki goal, and it was this like, is- what the hell am I watching? Like you're doing the bare minimum, trying to prevent. Like your whole job as a defenseman is to defend the net, and yeah. you are literally not even doing that right. Like we sent, we sacrificed Lorai for this slug. But you know what? At least if we didn't send Lorai down, we would not have seen that beautiful goal because that goal that he scored in Providence was and that, 
And that's why it's crazy, too, because he does similar stuff, like not with that much command, but we've seen that little pirouette move that he, I mean, the one against, against in Providence, he did kind of the pirouette and like kept the guy on his back and then like held the puck and kind of skated to the high slot and then just fired it. And like you see him do very similar stuff like that in the NHL as well, which I thought was kind of cool watching it, him dominate in the, uh, in the HL. But yeah, man, Forbes has got to go. Yeah. Uh, I had people, obviously, I posted that Lorai overtime goal on Twitter, and I had people being like, oh, that's in the AHL, it doesn't count. Like, oh, yeah, he's only doing that because he's in the AHL. Well, motherfucker, you just proved my point. He shouldn't be in the AHL. Like, like, are we having the same conversation? Like, are you reading what I'm saying? Like, yeah, you're right. He, He shouldn't be there. Like... And I understand also the reality of it. Like he's waiver exempt, so it makes sense for them to send him down. But fucking find a way to keep him up here because he's like, yes, he's getting top four minutes in the, in Providence, but against lesser talent. Like let him. He's he's too good for the AHL, but he's not. What's the word I'm looking for? He he still needs work in the NHL, but you're not going to yeah. get better in the AHL compared to what you're going to face up, you know? Yeah. And it's, it's kind of frustrating because I feel like, um, like Montgomery's just like his line combinations and like his, the decisions that he makes moving guys around is just, I really can't explain it. And I remember thinking it's it thinking, including Forbert last year in the playoffs, uh, Forbert didn't play for like a month and a half because he was out with that. I think he, bro- well, he broke his foot or he had an injury. Yeah. The second he's healthy, he's back in the lineup for the start of the playoffs. And it was like, why? Grizzly had been playing great hockey leading up. To- There's no reason to justify Forbert going in. And now here we are. Laura has been playing some great hockey as of late. And I get it. It makes sense that he's obviously the guy who's going to get sent down to the HL because he is waiver exempt. But it just felt like he's been playing good hockey and now just because this guy Derek Forbert isn't isn't injured anymore you're just gonna say okay he's back put him in the lineup see you later Laura. like no like you should be playing the best players every night giving yourself the best chance to win and I'm not saying that there's a dramatic drop-off between uh Laura and Forbert but I mean o- offensively there certainly is and Forbert played like hot shit the other night anyways so it's just like it and, and that was why I was Steamy. referencing uh, yeah that's why I was referencing Andrew from short shifts tweet because like he he makes a good point like don't just shoehorn Derek Forbert into this lineup to justify his three million dollar cap hit Brent, like Lori has been playing really good hockey as of late it does like don't it just it it frustrated the hell out of me but I was happy to see the game that Lori had in Providence and it didn't end up hurting the Bruins anyways because I beat the brakes off of Montreal but that's just the theme I've been seeing a lot with Montgomery is some kind of head-scratching line combinations and roster decisions that are kind of baffling me lately. I will say, and, and I've kind of changed my mind up on this a little bit lately because, I mean, the team just can't stop winning. So <laughs> we gave Montgomery a lot of flack for constantly throwing the lines in a blender, right? I have kind of come to like it. I like it. Because here's my rationale. Everybody's getting used to playing with everybody. You know? There's chemistry among 95% of the forwards now because everybody has legit played games with everybody. So now, no matter who you throw out there with whoever, they've played together before. 
So as the season goes on further and further, um, nobody's going to be uncomfortable with whatever line they're put on. Like say, say you get into the playoffs, right? And you know, you have a line of DeBrusque Zaka pasta. Say, say he'd been running that for like 70, 80% of the season, right? The other coach on the other side is going to know they're going to be able to watch tape on the line. They're going to know their tendencies. They're going to know, um, you know, what they, what they tend to do in the offensive zone, the breakouts, their, their, you know, rationale on certain plays, and they'll be able to defend that. But if you're throwing different lines out there every night, different guys centering, sometimes Zaka's center, sometimes Zaka's on the fucking wing, sometimes Geeky's 1C, sometimes Potra's 2C, um, sometimes Lauko's up on the third line, who's on fire right now, by the way. Um, the other, the opposing coach isn't going to know what he's up against that night. And it's just throwing their mental game into a blender too. And knowing that no matter who you throw out there with whoever it's, it's going to work. Like the team is in first place in the division. The team is 28, eight and nine. They have not lost 10 games in regulation yet. And this is with throwing the lines of the blender. This is with having a 19 year old center in the, on the roster. This is with having a guy like JVR making a million bucks, putting up just about 30 points on first line, second line, third line, fourth line some nights, and he's producing, and the team is winning. So the more he sticks with his guns and he just stays with his philosophy of what's working, the more I trust him. And I think everybody, including us and including me, was so quick to jump down his throat about constantly you know, throwing the lines into a complete just catastrophic mix of who the fuck knows who's playing where every night. I I think it was right for us to be kind of wary about it because it it strays so far from the, you know, the regularities of the NHL. He's throwing everything into a mixer and it's working. And I think honestly, it's going to benefit this team in the long run. I really, really do. That's a good point. But I feel like a lot of that too is, um, because of recency bias, because I mean the Bruins, they've thrown their fair, they've thrown their fair. players in a blender and they're on a five game winning streak. But like before that, they throw their guys in a blender. They're on a three game losing streak. They're on a four game losing streak. We were talking about why it's why does he keep putting? these just go back to what worked because they their the players weren't in a blender for the first what was it twenty five games of the year when they had their definitive lines. They were like nineteen one and two or whatever the hell their record was. <laughs> And then he kind of started mixing stuff up, but then they sputtered a little bit. They had like an 11-game stretch where they only had like three wins because every single game went into overtime or a shootout. And they kept losing. Yeah. And I do think that there's, to your point, it's definitely beneficial, I think, in terms of like matchups and whatnot in the playoffs. Although I still feel like when the playoffs come, I feel like that does more harm than good when you have to start throwing guys around and mixing up lines. You know, you don't know who's who's going to be your top line winger. You don't know if you're if your second line center is playing center tonight or if he's playing wing. I feel like that can backfire in some cases, but I do think that there's it's beneficial in getting chemistry during the regular season. But like I also do remember like a month ago when like the Bruins were losing games and they looked terrible and it was like the sky was falling this team looks nothing like they did to start the season and that was right in the midst of them just churning out random ass lines so i feel like a lot of it is like yeah everything is going well right now they've won five games in a row and mixing lines is working but at the same time a month ago it it wasn't working i'm just happy that it's working now and i hope that it continues to work see like on your point of 
not knowing, right? Not knowing what the matchups are going to be or what the lines are going to be on like a nightly basis. Think about that same thought process as the opposing coach. How are you supposed to have a game plan for a night if you have no idea what the line is going to be? I, I think Monty's playing chess. I think he has a like a like a long game in his head. I think that would be true, though, if it was a team, for example, like Toronto, where they have like five or six bona fide superstars who all bring something different to the table. Like the Bruins, they have pasta. It doesn't matter what line he's on or what he's doing. You know what you're going to get with pasta. And then, like we've said this a bunch of times, the rest of the lineup is like middle six guys. Like, I don't think it really matters if you have these guys on different, if Heinen's playing second line left wing instead of third line left wing, if Coyle's playing first line center over second line center. Personally, I don't really think it matters if you're the other team looking at that. Maybe like Coyle and Zaka would have a little different implications in terms of their 200 foot game because it's so vastly different. But like, I don't think it changes anything for their team if Morgan Geeky is playing second line right wing instead of third line center. Like, as opposed to a team like Toronto, if all of a sudden they're going to roll out Marner, Nylander, and Austin Matthews on the same line as opposed to spreading those guys out. I just, I think that that's definitely true. And I think that there's teams who certainly do that. I just don't know how beneficial that is for the Bruins example because they just don't have those chess pieces. Yeah, no, that's fair. Um, but yeah, so what was that? The first first voicemail from Louisville? That was the first one. Yeah, we got three more. These are all from Monday night, 1141, 1142, 1145. So he oh, had Jesus. five very riveting minutes there. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this is Monday night. So this is, God damn it, we just went through this. This is last night again. Yeah, yeah. They, they, just, <laughs> they just beat Winnipeg. Here's the first one. The bees beat up on the Winnipeg Bobby Brewskis, four to one. <laughs> So, did you see positive or nasty? But uh, what is what's up with Monty in the line? <laughs> no way! A lot. Also, I think he kept a lot of the lines. I think I saw the same for this game. What do you what do you what do you guys think that the method behind his madness is there? Like, why he does that? Why is he so like inconsistent with the lines? I well, swear to God, I swear to God, we don't listen to these before. we. That's the first time we've heard those. I can't nope. believe we just went on a whole spiel about the lines and then the next voicemail is, <laughs> is Lovell asking. So Lovell, rewind about <laughs> five minutes <laughs> and just, it's the same answer. <laughs> That's crazy. All right. This was uh, one minute later. Do you guys think uh, Jack Edwards is more of a Star Wars guy or a Star Trek guy? Oh, it's just Star not Trek. Even close Star Trek. It's He's definitely for sure. Yeah, <laughs> not dude. Even. We need to honestly. We need to get him on the. If we ever get him on the show, that's the first question we're asking him. I feel like he's really defensive with uh, his passion for Star Trek. I feel like he's like you know doing the whole Spock thing with his hands and whatever. And I feel like he probably dressed up as Captain Kirk for four or five years in a row for Halloween. I feel like he's a huge Star Trek guy. Uh, yeah, I'm the the fact that you and I both immediately jumped to Star Trek. <laughs> That confirms it. (laughs) All right. This one was from 1145 last night. This is a a little over a minute long. Dude, huge beef I have with my friends from this Saturday. Uh, They wanted to come up to New Hampshire and watch the game, but they're like, yo, what are we going to do? I was like, yeah, we live. I live pretty close, like walking distance to like a beat up. 
and like an Applebee's, we could like, you know, go get some beers, some wings, and apps forever, and uh, watch the game at either Applebee's or, you know, Buffalo Wild Wings. And they're like, ew, no. Like, we're not going to Buffalo Wild Wings or Applebee's. And I was like, you guys are one of those people? You think you're better than Vito and Applebee's? Get that shit out of here. What are we doing? And with the game on at, at Buffalo Wild Wings, dude, that, that's sick. You know, better. What do you guys think of this beef? What do you, how do you think I should solve this beef with my Bruins boys? My Bruins friends. What do I do? Need some advice from uh, something Bruins boys. I don't know how to solve this Bruins beef. <laughs> it's you go to b-dubs you just drive yeah. to b-dubs you have to go to b-dubs listen a couple things i want to say first of all buffalo wild wings is amazing yep. and if i that's were awesome you i would lot. i would seriously consider getting some new friends because that's a load of, <laughs> that's a load of shit sully and i go to buffalo i'm not even kidding i've gone to buffalo wild wings the last two weekends in a row <laughs> <laughs> i love buffalo wild wings i'm always i tap it every single time i'm there the beers are flowing. The wings are good. I mean, you turn your neck in any direction. There's a TV. Sports are on all the time. Uh, uh, no, they're not. Last time we went to Buffalo Wild Wings, they were playing America's Got Talent. Oh, no, no, it was. Um, oh God, it was the the Deal or No Deal where they're all on the island and Boston Rob from Survivor was there. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah it yeah, was yeah. weird, and that was when we were there. I remember because. Connor showed up first and we tried to get a table. The line was out the door. This was the night of the Chiefs and Dolphins playoff game that was on freaking Peacock for whatever reason. And I guess Buffalo Wild Wings sent out like a mass email to everybody with a B-Dubs account saying, hey, come to Buffalo Wild Wings in Shrewsbury. We have the game on tonight. We didn't receive that email, so we didn't know it was going to be a madhouse. In, in hindsight, duh, we should have known that. Either way. Connor texts us. He's like, yeah, I just got here. The line's out the door. Like, we got to go somewhere else. We're like, oh, shit. So I get there. The line is out the door. We're standing outside. We're looking for places nearby. Like, I think there's like a Hooters in Shrewsbury or something. Like, man, I just want wings and beer, and I just want to watch the game. We were looking to see if there's anywhere near around, nearby we could go. It turns out the group in front of us was a party of 12. So when they got seated, we were next in line, and it worked out anyways. But I love uh, Buffalo Wild Wings. Applebee's, I haven't been there in years, but listen, if you want to impress your friends, take them to Chili's. Everybody always shits on Chili's. I, I, I would go there. My Ethan Moriarty, shout out Ethan 1.0. He moved to uh, New Jersey, but when he was still living in Western Mass, we would always go to Chili's to go watch the Bruins game. I remember definitively when the Bruins were on a losing streak and everybody was saying, what do we do? What do we do? What do we do to turn this around? Me and Ethan and my roommate Mike as well from college went to Chili's. What do you know? The Bruins beat the San Jose Sharks. So there's some magic in Chili's. Their nachos are very interesting. Their beers are cold. And if your friends say no to that, you got to get new friends because that's that's pretty bullshit. If you say no to Buffalo Wild Wings, that pisses me off, but okay. If you say no to Applebee's, now I'm starting to get fuming. If you say no to Chili's on top of that, we're throwing hands. That's where I draw the line at Chili's slander. Yeah, um, B-dubs forever. B-dubs yeah. forever. You gotta. I mean, the the go tos are garlic parm, uh, teriyaki, pretty good, sweet chili. I uh, nothing beats garlic parm though. I always get um. Oh, also Lovell. If you, I don't know if they're still doing it, but 
at least they were doing. If you go on Tuesday night, it's buy one, get one free up to 15. So if you get 15 boneless wings, they give you an additional 15 for free. So you get 30 for the price of 15. How's that for math, baby? Um, You know, I always get garlic parm. It's pretty good. They just brought back hot barbecue. I always get that. And then the other day I got my old friend mango habanero. And believe me, I was feeling it the next morning. All right, that's it for the Lovell line. Should we jump into the DMs and questions? Because I have a few. Uh, we actually, we got a couple other uh, Oh, that's right. Bells. Sorry, sorry. We, we got one from Stu, uh, at Guernsey Stu. Oh, I always wanted to hear if he had an accent or not. So he sent two, actually. Um, I'm assuming the first one got cut off because the next one was like 30 seconds later. So I'll play the first one and then we'll jump into the second. So again, this is Island Stew, Guernsey Stew. Wait, 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 wait. Before you play it, do you think he has an accent or not? Yes. Have you listened? Have you listened to it yet? No. I'm gonna say yes too. All right, ready? Yeah. How's it going, boys? Um, I'm gonna actually send this message uh, through your page, through your um, podcast page, but here it is anyway. Um, Love the pod, by the way. Question. So, rate it 1 to 10, 10 most urgent. Extend and swayman. Yeah, I think that's like, we've got to extend swayman for sure. And um, so, extend swayman 1 to 10 on urgency. 10. Yeah, yeah. 10. I'm, All right. I'm doing that yesterday. All right, I'm gonna. I, so with these Twitter ones, I can pause it. So I'm gonna play the rest of this one. Which would be your next player that you would like to extend? Give him a long-term contract, say eight years. Um, for me, it would be Trent Frederick. Um, oh, I think yeah. he's gonna be a core player going forward. Um, he seems to be going, getting better and better. Is the last game against Winnipeg? He had a great game. Um, that assist. Um, oh, who did he feed the assist to? Oh, it's uh, Lelko. Um, that assist was, I, I love that. And um, he's just got an edge to him. And yeah, he's, he's an awesome player. Please, can we extend him? But um, yeah, sorry, my question again. So we've got a, yeah, yeah. I'll get all I'll get all confused. <laughs> <laughs> we do too. Hang on, hang on, then. Also, I don't know if you can hear, but there's actually a storm going on over it. It's really annoying. So I'm sat in the conservatory, and also my cat is eating his dinner really loud. So what I'm gonna put up with? Cheers, boys. Good pod. <laughs> Shout out, Stu. Dude, I um, love Stu, man. Frederick, my my mind initially jumped to JD, but Frederick is. A honestly, he's a one of a kind player, dude. He plays with that grit, that physicality. Um, he can score, he can put up points, he gets assists, he creates plays. I fucking I said this to I, I forget who I said this to the other night. The next jersey I buy, actually, yeah, the next jersey I buy is gonna either be Carlo or Frederick, and I'm leaning towards Frederick. Dude, it's it's I would I would also have to definitely agree with Stu and say and you and say Frederick, it's been it's been really cool to watch him come together as a total player these last couple of years yeah. because he always had all the pieces. It was just putting it together. Like he could score, he can pass, 
He's aggressive. He can fight people. He's got a chip in his shoulder. But before it really started to materialize last year, it almost felt like you were going to get only one version of that player that night. You know, like, oh, like maybe this night he's going to be more focused on agitating guys and being yeah. aggressive and fighting. It's going to affect his playmaking ability because he's going to be focused on that. Maybe the next game, you know, I remember there were streaks last season where he was putting the puck in the back of the net and picking up points, but like he just wasn't. I remember we were talking about it. He wasn't as aggressive. And it was like, what kind of happened to Trent Frederick? He isn't really being, he isn't, isn't, you know, hitting guys hard. He isn't doing the, you know, putting his nose down and getting dirty like he has in the past. And then this year, suddenly it's like, oh my God, like everything is clicking for him. Any given night, he's going to seek and score. He had two goals the other night. He's picking up, you know, great playmaking play. He had that empty netter goal the other night where he dove and like hit it. Like, oh my, like every single night he's coming into the complete player that we've seen flashes of in the past. And I, I'm with both of you. I want to lock him up. If, if he gets an eight-year deal, first of all, would you give him an eight-year deal? And yes. second of all, what's his what, – what money are you going to give him? If it's right now – or say next season. Say next season he puts up like 45 points, 45 to 50. I – eight years – Oh man, eight, eight years, four and a half to five. I don't know, dude. Honestly, yeah. But that, do you think he takes that though? Eight years, for, like eight That's eight year deals. Thing. I don't know. Eight year <laughs> deals are usually reserved. There's there's people. I know they've been giving out. Teams have been giving out eight year deals like they're candy lately. Yeah. But eight years, four and a half mil for a twenty. He's gonna be twenty six year old Trent Frederick. I don't think he takes that. Realistically, realistically, you probably won't get eight years in his next deal. Probably more like four or five. Uh, do you think you would take six and thirty? What's the AAV on on that five? Five, yeah. I bet he would take that. I would do that in a heartbeat. I do that too. I would do that in a heartbeat. A hundred percent. You just you <laughs> just have to give you give him that contract in the hopes that he keeps growing into the player that we've been seeing but what well compare that to what we gave jd we gave jd five and a half so is he five hundred thousand dollars less valued than jd it i would argue the exact opposite you think he's more valuable than jd i think he will be more valuable than jd yeah see now that's the tough spot (laughs) (laughs) well hopefully they don't get jealous of each other but you also jd's also shown you more than Trent Frederick. Trent Frederick's contract, you're still paying him for the player he can be. Jake right, DeBrus' right. contract, you're paying him for the player that he is. Mm-hmm. So I feel like, like this, there's... Like this year is Frederick's breakout year, for sure. Yeah, like this is the yeah. year we all recognize his value. And I think it doesn't matter what you give Trent Frederick, there will be a team that's going to offer him more if he hits their open market. So they got to lock yeah, him up. Lewis. Yeah, they got to lock him up before he hits that... Uh, before he hits the market and starts talking to other teams, but shout out, shout out Stu because I know he's been a great supporter of ours and he's very uh, active on social media, always tweeting videos at us, making videos for us, and uh, asking us questions and whatnot. He's he's been one of the OG fans. We're very grateful for his support, and it's great that you yeah. finally called in. Definitely don't be a stranger. Keep doing that. Yeah, and if you're listening and you want to get your voice on, you know, on the pod. Um, we mentioned it last show. You don't necessarily have to call the voicemail line, although that's it's in our bio. You can do that. That's we're you know we're obviously open to it. 
Um, but you can also send voice memos to. I, I, there's something weird with our our podcast account because you can't send it a DM. But no, that's can, that's. Sorry, yeah, that's the that's the new it's a new Twitter feature that Elon took over. You you if to send a DM to somebody that you don't follow, you have to be verified. Ah, see, that's it. All right, so that's which is stupid. Your yeah. Yeah. So this, this is, <laughs> yeah. So so our DMs are open. So if you want to send a voice message and you want to be on the show, just like um, <clears throat> those last two messages were played, then send us a message and we'll do it that way. I kind of like it too. <clears throat> Excuse me, because <laughs> that's the third possible. one. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Um, well, you said we we got one from John too, right? <laughs> Uh, yeah, Johnny's, um, there were more reactions, but I'll play him right now. So one of them, <laughs> one of them was after the- Wait, what did he Pasha. say last week when he hung? He was like, Dolly Toodle Pip. Pip. Or, Toodle, Toodle Pip. Pip, that's what it was. <laughs> so this was after the Pasha Knock hat trick. Let's go. And then this one was just last night. Good vocation of the national anthem there. Of course, the national anthem originally to celebrate the United Kingdom and America's friendship. Have a fantastic day, guys. Let's go, dude. So shout out, Johnny. Johnny and Stu might be my my two new favorite callers that we have. That's mm-hmm. awesome, dude. Oh no, Lovell! I know Lovell just threw down a piece of mail here and that. <laughs> no, Lovell's Lovell's on his own thing because he's the Lovell line. He's the Lovell line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lo- honestly, that's basically not even a voicemail thing anymore. Lovell's just part of the show. He, he is a part Lovell of the show. line. It's a it's a statement of every single show, and uh, I don't know what we would do if Lovell didn't call the Lovell line. But, yeah, he's uh, he's the third co-host. Yeah. So we also had some uh, written in questions in the forms of DMs and on Twitter. I got two of them myself. The first one is from McJoink. You can follow them on Twitter at McJoink. They messaged and said, hey, this is a question for the podcast in parentheses. Something's brewing. How do you guys feel about the third and fourth line pairings? the past two games, Montreal and Winnipeg. I personally think the geeky Lauco Frederick line is going to be insane. And I also like getting more veteran presence down on the fourth line with Heinen to really ground them. Only question is Patra because he feels like a top six forward, but not sure if he's physically ready for that yet with the Bruins preferred style of play. Love the pod. You guys are great. Usually hate podcasts, but always down to listen to two genuine fans. Shoot the shit. Let's go. I love you. Let's go, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah, how do you feel about that? I personally think the the geeky Lago Frederick line is going to be insane, and I also like getting more veteran presence on the fourth with Heinen to really ground them. Only question is Patra because he feels like a top six four, but not sure if he's physically ready for that yet with the Bruins. So, actually, so Lago Geeky Frederick, I love the sound of it. I just personally, I think that line could work really well. Like I'm not I'm not dogging on it because I do like that line. Lauko and Freddie together, that just sounds like it's pure chaos. And then Geeky, who I think he has like um I wish I could remember the exact numbers, but I think it was like 21 points in 26 games or something like that. Mm-hmm. It was it was it was crazy, and he's kind of doing it under the radar. Don't quote me on that because I'm just kind of trying to remember off the top of my head. I'm probably wrong, but it's somewhere around that. But 
in terms of Patra, I was talking to Joey Landry. Shout out Joey. Shout out Bush last night. Shout out W's in men's league. But um, W's in a shot. But um, we were talking about this subject last night too, and he brought up a good point where he thinks that at this time, this deep into the season, that his body just is probably not used to this level of travel, this amount of play going against these big beefy fucking fast dudes in the NHL. Like it's a lot of work and he's probably his body is probably gassed right now. And with the all-star break coming up, he could really use that to just kind of, you know, take some, take some ice, ice baths, whatever they're called. Cold. What are they called? Cold tubs. Um, cold plunges. I don't know. Yeah. Cold plunge. Go get a, go get a, go, go get a massage. Go get a jacuzzi for a little bit. Maybe, maybe have, you know, get your back rubbed a little. I don't know. Get, <laughs> relax a little. Kick, you kick your feet up, man. Go on vacation. Sit by the beach. Sip some yeah, yeah. beer. Have a beer. Sit beer. Sorry. He's not, unless he's in Canada. He can't sit beer in the States. He's only 19. But no, I think that's a good point. And, it's, and he's also playing third line center. So he's also playing against, uh, oh, bless you. Are you okay? Holy shit, dude. I was holding my cough until I could hit the mute button. Oh my God. You were like in the middle of your cough and then you tried to mute it, but you missed. And you were I like, know. Dude, I, I hurt my chest. Doing this weird in between thing. But uh, no, oh. I think that's a good that's a good point on Patra. I mean, he's definitely never played. Um, I mean, the 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 wear and tear that being a professional athlete puts in your body is immense. I mean, playing uh, a, a professional hockey game every two days, just about getting in a plane and flying across the country, having a jacked up sleep schedule because you're playing in different time zones, always sleeping on a plane. It's part of the sport that I feel like not enough people kind of realize. And especially for a 19 year old kid who spent his entire life living and playing in Canada, that must be kind of eye opening to step into that. Also, like a lot of these guys ease their way into the pro game. Like they start in the AHL, yeah. most guys, and they get used to the schedule and the ground of being a professional athlete. Not Matthew Patra. He stepped right into the Bruins organization from the OHL. Um, so I'm sure that probably has is something to think about moving forward. And then also like a lot of the centers in the lines he's matched up with, like those bottom three guys around the league, they're no joke. Like those, that's where you put your dogs. That's where you put your feisty guys. That's where you put the guys who are hard to play against. And he's logging the majority of his minutes against guys who play that kind of style of hockey, which is something I'm sure he's not used to seeing uh, prior to stepping foot in the NHL. So, um, yeah, I agree with that. I think that he has a top six forward skill set. I think that there's just parts of his game, like Lowry, that he still has to continue working on and developing before he can kind of assume that role and play it every single night. This kid's also been playing a shit ton of hockey. Um, I know, you know, we didn't get to see him play in the Bruins for two weeks, and you might think that, oh, it's, you know, he's well rested. Well, no, he was. He opted on a plane and flew to Sweden and played for the Canadian junior team over there. So this right. kid's literally had no breaks. And I would even argue that that was tougher than what the rest of the team was doing at that time. Because if you listen to him retell kind of leading up to that moment, he found out he was playing for Team Canada like 48 hours before he played his first game there, hopped on a plane. At, oh, I almost did. I almost did a, a little Miley Cyrus song there. Good thing I didn't. He hopped on a plane and flew his ass to Sweden and landed at like five in the morning. <laughs> you know what I was going to party in the USA? Hopped in the plane at LAX. Yeah, just clicked um, in my head. <laughs> and he flew all the way to Sweden and then played in a couple games over there. So um, he's been playing a lot of hockey. <laughs> Stop laughing at me. 
I can't. It's a dad joke, and I love dad jokes. <laughs> it's a it's a, it's a tough role that he's he's been in, but I think with all of the uh, adversity, he's been doing one hell of a job. Yeah, yeah, I think so as well. All right, we also received. So thank you, McJoink, for the for the McJoink. DM. We also received another DM from old friend, old pal Jack. From hey. also from across from across the seas. Wow, look at that! Uh, you can follow Jack on Twitter. You can follow Jack on Twitter at a Jack B underscore. Jack said, "Ole, ole, ole." I'm assuming ole, as a note to the game against ole, the Montreal Canadiens, where the Bruins beat the brakes out of them and started the chant. <laughs> he said, "We've put five in against the Avalanche. We smashed nine past the Canadians and then rifled four past the Jets." all while being a team that's supposed to rely on its goaltending rather than its sniping depth. The great wall of Swaymark might be might be being breached, but everyone is chipping in with goals these days. Dan Heinen is on fire, and I can confirm the Canadians are terrified of him. The guy is so good, pucks are just hitting him and going in now. Brandon Carlo is too busy sliding down the ice to seal the puck off the stick of Axel Johnson Fialby to have the time to score, but a sliding poke check is things we love to see. Poor from the Jets to prevent us from getting a hat trick or hat tricks in all honesty, but we'll see to that in the playoffs, no doubt. Question this week is which team is going to panic trade the most as we approach the trade deadline? I'd say we're mainly Ooh. looking for some more physicality purely for the playoffs. If we get caught in another Florida sequel matchup this year, I genuinely think our depth scoring is just about strong enough. Finally, shout out the pool of British listeners you guys have got. Cheers. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, dude. It's been Hell awesome. Yeah. It's awesome. <laughs> and it's funny because it's they're the only ones who send the voicemails too. I know. You know honestly, I mean? that's how I prefer. If anybody's going to send voicemails, I, I prefer it to be people with awesome accents. <laughs> yeah, if you just have like a normal like Boston American accent, type I, it. <laughs> you, you can send it, but just know it's not going to be as cool as Guernsey or uh, Johnny out in the UK. Like, it's not the same. It's cool, yeah. and we appreciate it. But you'll never have that accent. Just saying, you'll never have that swagger. You'll you'll never be them. <laughs> so, the question, so the question was, who is going to panic trade? Yeah, he said, question this week is, which team is going to panic trade the most as we approach the trade deadline? Honestly, there's a couple teams that immediately jumped to my mind. Um, New Jersey, for one. They're on the outside looking in right now. They should be inside. They might panic trade. Um, Islanders just hired Patrick Wass. So I don't yeah, think. Yeah. Maybe. Oh, I was going to say the Islanders might. Really? I just think they're going to wait until they see what they have with Patrick Waugh. Well, well, yeah, Washington or Pitt. Oh. I heard Gensel might be on the move. That would really be something if Pittsburgh... Why? Is he pending free agent? Pending free agent, and um, they mentioned it on Spit, uh, Spit and Chicklets today, but <clears throat> I forget who brought it up, but um, they could trade him at the deadline and then re-sign him for next year. That would be such a slime ball move. You think so? I think yeah, it's smart. That, no, it is really smart, but it's just I remember when uh when the Yankees traded uh what's his name? Oh my god. Uh um, Jeter? No, when they traded um they traded Chapman. they traded Aroldis Chapman to the Chicago Club 
Chicago Cubs for Glaber Torres, who was like the top prospect in all of baseball at the time. They got Glaber. This is when Glaber was still good. Um, Aroldis Chapman pitched for the Cubs for like two months, won a World Series, and then came back and signed a deal with with the Yankees. So I guess it's a win-win because the Cubs won a World Series, but the Yankees traded Aroldis Chapman for two months and in return got the best prospect in all of baseball. And that just really pissed me off. It might have been because they were the Yankees, but um, and I remember one of the Red Sox did that with John Lester, but this isn't a baseball podcast. If they were to trade Jake Gensel, though, how much do you think that they that they would get for him? A lot, dude. He's probably going to get a 9 to 10 mil contract. Which is why it would piss me off if he then went back to the Pittsburgh Penguins after they got all that for him. Smart move, though. Um, um, I don't know. You, about- like, we, wouldn't, we wouldn't be able to trade for Gensel. There's no way. We would, have, we would not be able to. What about... I'm looking at teams in the West right now, like maybe Minnesota. Yeah, me too. Minnesota could. I'm looking at teams that are in the playoff picture. Though. What about a team like the Kings? Maybe. I feel like they should have enough pieces, though. I think they were my dark horse to win the Stanley Cup this year. Yeah, they've been sucking lately. But too. I, I, I really feel like it could be the the Islanders this year because they have yeah. some pieces. Their defense sucks, but they just got Patrick Waugh as their head coach. I think that's going to work out well for him. And it's like, it's the, uh, I don't know what the word for it is, but it's like whenever a team hires a new coach, it's like, it's like a drug. And like the next month and a half are just like, this is the greatest team I've ever seen. And that happens all the time across sports. Immediately as a team changes a coach, they come out guns blazing, things change. And if you saw the cliffs of Patrick Waugh in, their, in his first practice with the Islanders, he's getting on their ass. Did you see that? Oh, yeah. He's oh, slamming yeah. his stick. He's yelling at him. So I would not be surprised if the Islanders were on a little bit of a heater here. And they're what? They're the 10 seed right now, but they're they're two points back of the lightning with a game in hand. So they're they're right there in the, in the mix of things. I would not be surprised if they made some sort of big move to try to shore up their defensive core in a back. You know what? What if they traded for Noah Hannafin? The Islanders? Yeah. They could. Honestly, I could see him in the orange and blue, whatever fucking as long, stupid color scheme they are. As long as they don't trade for Anthony Duclair. I'm fine because he's destined to be a Boston Bruin. Yeah. Um, honest to God, ever since you said that, it's the only thing that truly makes sense in my mind. It won't cost a lot to get him. Um, he's only making, I think, three mil. Um, proven top six guy. Proven top six guy. Oh, last year, has playoff experience. Like he's in a trash San Jose place. Get him. Looking for a change. Donnie better be blowing up their phone. Did I just say? Trash San Jose place. Is that what I just said? I don't know. You might have. I mean, their team is trash. San Jose is yeah. too well. But, um, yeah, so who, who sent that question? That Sorry. was Jack. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, about that. Shout out, Jack. Um, all right. So let's go through some of these other questions that we got um, da, 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 as I pull them up. Um, some of them might have already been talked on earlier in the episode but we'll start with um ethan 2.0 bruins beach season follow him on twitter at incredible mr e7 e2.0's two partners he said jake debrusque is heating up do you pull the trigger and trade or do you finish out the year with him we've all seen this before heats up down the stretch and cools off by the time next season rolls around we've discussed all year but now after seeing how the league and team has played out so far. If you trade, who is your target and what's the package? If you keep, 
Do you resign or let them walk? What's your fair value contract? You know where I stand. I say the best time to move is now. Secure the bag while he's heating up and run. This is where I disagree with Ethan. I say you resign him. And what we said earlier, I think we said six by five and a half. Was that mm-hmm. the, yeah, six by five and a half, six by six. And with the cap going up, you have money to work with. We went through the whole mathematics of it somehow coherently <laughs> earlier. Don't ask me to do it again. <laughs> no, that, that's a one in a million chance it worked. Um, but I, I say don't trade him. You have him in your top six. Keep him um, and, and, and roll with JD. That's, that's yeah. my take. Yeah, I can definitely, I can definitely see the argument of trading him now while his value yes. is high, um, and there's definitely something to be say about that. But I, part of me feels like if you trade him while his value is high, I don't know what you'd get back for him. In a way, I feel like that would almost be just kind of punting everything that you're doing right now because the Bruins have a serious lack of second line scoring ability, and that's with Jake DeBrusque right now. And if they trade Jake DeBrusque and they're already thin on scoring wingers on their second line, they are screwed. Because there's no combination of players left in this organization that you can plug into that second line minus Jake DeBrusque and be confident that this team is going to continue to be able to produce offensively. They've been on an absolute tear as of late, but when things get rough and you're not picking up goals and it's because you traded away Jake DeBrusque, even though he struggled to score goals the first, what was it, 40 games of the year, 35 games of the year, um, you need this play from right now. And I'm hoping that this is him turning a corner and he's going to be more consistent to finish the year. I know he probably won't be because he's a streaky player, but um, you, there are, you're already thin on your second line scoring. You're already thin in depth scoring. I know that like guys like Heinen and whatnot have been performing well, but it's a risk I don't want to take. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I say re-sign him all day. Um, he's part of the team. He all day, all day. <laughs> um, yeah, I say resign him. Um, if you if you trade him, you're just opening up another spot in the top six. Yeah. At the same time, I I really don't want to lose him for anything. And I, yeah, that's why I, I, like, I, I, I always go back and forth with stuff like this because I am I I would if I had any inkling that a player would not resign, I would trade them. I don't care who the hell they are. Like, uh, I remember I got, man, people were so mad at me last year before David Pasternak re-signed. And I put a tweet out, like, if Pasta doesn't re-sign, like, by the trade deadline, do you think there's any chance that he gets moved? And holy shit, you would have thought oh, that I just, con- yeah. you would have thought I just <laughs> concocted a scheme. It was ridiculous. You would have thought I just concocted a scheme to, like, nuke the entire city of Boston. Like, people were going, like, they wanted my head on a, on a pike for just asking a question. And um, but that's just how I, I see it. If, if you don't think a player is going to resign, I don't want to lose him for nothing. So we get what you can. But I I yeah. think that Jake DeBrusque wants to be here, um, and we'll see if they make it work and what that number is going to be. But I, I definitely wouldn't trade him because I feel like you're really going to need him if you want to make a run in the playoffs. Yep, totally agree. Um, so shout out Ethan uh, at incredible Mister E Seven. Um, da, da, da. moving on to this next one. This is from Into the Den. Is back to work. Follow them on Twitter at ITD Bruins. They said, has Zaka been good and it's just not showing up on the score sheet or has he been not that great? I think he's just going through a little cold sap. He's playing. It's, yeah. it's kind of like, is it not a little bit similar to how JD was playing before he started getting on the score sheet? Yeah, I can see that. And, and to, um, I mean, Zaka also doesn't have to get on the score sheet every night because he, 
plays with <laughs> he plays with David Bostock. I mean, he doesn't have to go out there and pick up a stupid amount of points. But no, he's he, he got off such a tear, I think, to start this season. Um, and the scoring numbers have definitely ticked down a bit. The last, I think it was, well, it was like the last 15 to 20 games or so. He's He went through a, a, a long goal of stride. I remember talking about that. Um, but no, I, I think I think he'll be fine. And I think he's still been playing great hockey. He just isn't scoring like he was to start the year. But the Bruins are still winning, so. Right, exactly. That's the, that's the common denominator. Like, the team is winning. So if somebody, you know, kind of goes through a little slump, somebody else comes by and picks up their slack. Um, but to kind of touch on his lack of productivity, the last 14 games for Pavel Zaka, so a.k.a. the Christmas break on, he has two goals and four assists. Although he is a plus three, so it's not like he's, you know, and say what you want about plus minus, whatever. If you're listening to this and you don't like it, fine. That's fair. I, I get it. But whatever. And also, I mean, it, it, people were talking about Pavel Zaka last year and how well he played. I mean, he had 21 goals last year, 57 points, breakout season for Zaka. He's literally on pace to pretty much do the exact same this year. He's 42 games played. He's got 10 goals, 27 points. So, I mean, you pretty much double that. He's on pace for what, like 19 goals and 53 points or something. I mean, two less goals and four less points than last year. But, I mean, he's still an effective player, and he has a much bigger role this year. That's that's what I was gonna say too. His role is bigger, so he's he's taking on more responsibility. So he's he's fine. I'm that's one of the players. When you mention them, I'm not worried like at all. Also, one thing about Poss's game is, um, let me let me say this. Let me ask you. Last year in the dot, he he won faceoffs at a forty five percent clip. You're talking Zaka, so, Pavel Zaka. Yeah. Okay. What do you think his faceoff percentage is this year? You said last year was 45? Last year was 45. This year he's playing one C minutes. He's up against the other team's top center every night. I don't think it's above 50. I, w- I would say 48%. So last year, third line center, he won 45% of his faceoffs. This year, he's just a hair under 55%. So his wow. faceoff has jumped up almost 10% from last year. Wow. And he's playing every night. He's against the other team's top line center. So All right. Something to think about. Something to think about. The more you know. <laughs> also, too, I don't know. Did we get any questions about Coil? Yes, we did. It's okay, coming. I'll it's coming. Um, so, yeah. So, shout out to Into the Dentist. Back to work. Congratulations. Back on the clock. Way to be, baby. Hell yeah. Uh, <laughs> ITT Bruins. Um, next question comes in from Tommy Bennett, our boy. Follow Tommy. him on Twitter at TJ Bennett, three Ts, 37. And this kind of touches on something we already talked about, but he said, what do you sign DeBrusque to as a contract? I know he's been hot as of late, but given what he brings and what's on the free agent market, I don't know if the Bruins can replace him with similar value. Anywhere between six by five and a half to six, I think is where it's going to land, personally. Yeah, between 5.25 and six. Mm. Yes, yes. I'm really curious to see how the salary cap going up affects yeah, his his AAV and how much money he's gonna get. It's got to affect the the length of his deal too. So I don't know. We'll see what Donnie's got cooking up. Because one thing about Donnie too is that you know people talk about his people talk about you know his drafts. People talk about his trades. He I don't I honestly don't remember a trade that he's ah uh, that's true. He probably lost the uh, David back or the uh, Rick Nash deal. He's had he's had a couple of tough trades. Yeah, but also Rick Nash got hurt though. Yeah, I know that's not exactly his fault. Um. 
But what I was getting at was that he's Don Sweeney has a great track record of re-signing guys. Like he yeah. he very very rarely lets guys walk away. I think the the only kind of glaring omission was Tyler Bertuzzi, who took one of the most insane deals. I don't think anybody was even considering him taking. Who's um, who signed uh, Bertuzzi? I don't know. We don't talk about him. Was it a? It was like it was some loser team in the division. I believe it was. I believe it was that team. I believe it was that team whose coach like calls out his entire team after every single game. The the team with a I I know what like their superstar player is friends with like Justin Bieber and it's like his whole brand. I don't know. Yeah, the one with the terrible hairline, the massive forehead, the prime athlete. Yeah, Um, his name's slipping from from. Yeah, it's the team that the team that plays like. Like they're more of like a uh, like a like a TikTok team. Like they, they, yeah. they don't take it seriously. They're like the um. Oh, I keep thinking about the Dallas Cowboys. That keeps coming to my mind. I don't Is know why. The, the the beefs, Arby the beefs, the choker choke loser. No, no it's the something. loser. The the. I know, I know. Their team hasn't won a cup since like the '60s, since like the Vietnam War. I believe it was since. Yeah, I believe. I think their franchise has won 13 cups, and JFK's only missed like two of them. Yeah, and JFK got blown away in the '60s. Yeah, '63 he died. Yeah, 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 yeah. Who is this team? They're so irrelevant. I I can't even think of who they are. Yeah, I don't know. Just something to think about. It. I'll have to sleep on that one. The Canadians. Sounds from it might be them. The Jets? No, no, I know the Jets because of Bobby. The Flames? No, because I remember the Saddle Dome. What about Vancouver? I remember Vancouver because they burned their city to the ground. They lost the 2011 Stanley Cup to the Boston Bruins. I would never yeah. forget them. And they rebuilt themselves into a respectable franchise. Yeah, yeah, they also took and- Stickman. That's the, those are the only Canadian teams. Oh no, Edmonton! It's got to be Edmonton. Oh, it has to be. Has to be Edmonton. Yeah, it has to be. They fire their coach, and now they're on a winning streak. Yeah. Um, what the hell are we talking about? Um. Oh, Don Sweeney, dude. He never Don lets Sweeney. any. He he resigns everybody, and they're also usually to fairly good deals. He's resigned a handful of guys to contracts that I think they could have got more money on the open market. So, um. I'm cu- I'm really curious to see what he what he does with Jake DeBrusque. And also Jake DeBrusque yeah. has mentioned a couple times in the past too that um there's been like literally no there's like been no conversations between him his agent and the Bruins organization in terms of uh, a new contract. But that was also in the midst of him having like just one of the most unluckiest offensive streaks I've ever seen a player have. So maybe yeah. now that he's putting the puck in the back of the net, the Bruins would give him a call, but I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, they'll definitely give him a call. But yeah, so shout out to Tommy um, again at TJ Bennett 37. Next one comes in from Johnny Drummondville. Shout out Johnny. He sent in the voice messages earlier. Um, give him a follow on Twitter at that Johnny D. He said, Bruins and Chickren sitting in the tree. IDT slash INDT. If destroyed, true. If not destroyed, true. Would you pull the trigger? I would. I I, would. I I like Chikrin. Depends. Depends on what you're giving up. But if you can kind of finagle a way to get Chikrin here, um, and maybe only lose out on say one prospect, say you lose out on like Merkulov, Merkulov and a couple picks or whatever. I'm not throwing a mock trade out there. I've tried, 
doesn't go my way. <laughs> yeah, and, and and you know, even if you are hesitant to move on from one of those uh, prospects, Chickren's only twenty five. I mean, yep. he's he's a, a really he, he's a really young guy himself, and just. I mean, he's only three years. He's two years older than Lorai. He, Lorai just right. turned twenty. That is ridiculous to think about. Oh my god! I know. <laughs> um, but no, but Chikrin, Chikrin, and McAvoy as their first line pairing. Ooh. Oh my god, Ooh. that would be a lot of fun. That would be you a lot of fun. To, you got money to play with. <laughs> just depends what Ottawa wants for him. Yeah. Um, but yeah, shout out Johnny um, again at that Johnny D. Next question comes in. Um, this one's going to be quick because we've already talked about this. Um, but Daniel Price um, at Daniel Price ninety two. Obviously, even if we've talked about it, I'm still going to read your question. Um, you know, you took the time to send it into us. We're going to take the time to read it out. Um, so Daniel Price says, Jake DeBrusque, what do we think? He, what do you? Sorry, let me restart that. I can't read. <laughs> Jake DeBrusque, what do we think he is value wise? I don't think you get anything anywhere near him, even if he signs for five. By six. Ooh, I think you okay. resign him and sway, then see what's around in the free agency for the rest. He said, I'm also amazed by our depth. Let's keep it going. I totally agree. Now, if the Bruins, if the Bruins give him five, five years, five and a half mil, what do you think the Bruss could get on the open market? On the open market? Yeah. Some, some team. Some desperate team would probably be willing to throw seven at him. Wow. I bet. Then they I can have him. They can have Jake DeBrusque for seven million. Holy yeah. shit. If I, a team like... Um, if Edmonton know. has the money, I feel like Edmonton would throw him some, something. Edmonton, Arizona, maybe. Um, I, I think Arizona's waiting for Mitch Marner. They could be. Ooh, I could see. I feel like everybody's waiting for Mitch Marner. Honestly, there's no way Toronto can re-sign him. Do you think they're gonna move him? I think they're gonna have to move somebody. If they don't, they're literally the dumbest fucking team. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's a given. TikTok, come on, TikTok Toronto, dude. TikTok Toronto. That's what <laughs> they are. They're, they're all about just the brand and brand identity and just being like they're. they're the Maple Leafs are basically just engaging, like in, no, sorry, they're engagement farming, is what they're doing. Like they <laughs> the, don't care the Maple, about the entire Maple Leafs franchise is just clickbait. <laughs> it is, dude. They don't care about winning. Or maybe, honestly, what's what, what what would be sadder? Them actually caring about winning and doing what they've been doing for the past sixty years, or them not giving a crap about winning and just kind of in it for the brand? What's worse? What's more embarrassing? I honestly don't know, but it just both of those scenarios make me very happy to be a Burns fan. I know. <laughs> it's fucking awesome. Um, but yeah, so shout out Daniel Price. Um, again, follow him on Twitter at Daniel Price92. Um, next question comes in from Bruins Rob, uh, Dirty Water63. You can follow them on Twitter at Bruins Rob63. But they say, based off team performance since the Christmas break, do the Bruins leave things the way they are? Or do they make a move at the deadline? If they do make a move, are they risking screwing up chemistry? Team seems to be gelling right now. Um, I don't know what kind of move that they're going to make. Well, I mean, it depends what they make because we talked about this before. Um, you're on board with them. You want your is your priority that they get a defenseman? No, my priority is the top six wing. Oh, okay. Well, that just depends. Uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> Stop texting me in the middle of the show, damn it. It just depends. Um, <laughs> they want. <laughs> I'm keeping this in. It's a mystery text. Nobody's ever going to know. <laughs> Can you read the question again? I got distracted. Um. Oh, you did? What did you get? Um, he said, based off team performance of the Christmas break, do the Bruins leave things the way they are, or do they make a move at the deadline? If they do make a move, are they risking screwing up chemistry? Team seems to be gelling right now. No, I think that they're definitely making a move at the deadline. I know we were talking about how they shuffle lines around and the reasoning behind it. I would not be surprised if they were also doing it for the purpose of showcasing some of these guys to use in a trade. I mean, that could... Lauko could be that's what I've heard that's what I've heard if they traded a great man that would really suck but wait by the before you jump into it I want to read you the stat really quick I'm sure you've probably seen it on Twitter but Jacob Lauko in Boston he's played 57 games in Boston do you know how many wins the team has with him in the lineup oh I did see this uh do you want me to just tell you 45 44 that's a winning Whoa. percentage. That's a winning percentage of seven seventy two with him in the lineup. Jesus Christ! Yep, that's pretty good. Um, no, I think they. It feels like you know what they've been doing with having these guys play night in and night out on different lines. They've also, I feel like they've been showcasing them a little bit when the trade deadline is coming up. Um, but there are still holes in this team and question marks. I know that bottom three pairing. They have like they have like four bottom three pairing guys. I know we've talked about in the past, maybe getting one, moving some of those guys, shedding some of that cap and getting somebody who's going to play there every single day. I don't want to keep shuffling guys in and out of that third line pairing. Um, But I feel like the biggest question mark that this team has to answer is who's going to be your second line scoring option on that right wing position. And there are guys out there who are available. And um, I, I, I'm, I'm I'm almost positive that Don Sweeney has been making some calls to see who's out there because he would be doing a disservice if he wasn't. Um, We'll just see what it is. I mean, the guy we were, I kind of mentioned earlier, he rarely ever loses trades. He's been on one hell of a heater with some of these moves he's been making. So uh, I want to see who the Bruins have been looking at, and I want to see uh, what it's going to cost. Yeah. Um, honestly, maybe the last trade he lost with Jansen Heinen for Richie. That might have yeah, honestly but, been the last one. Yeah, but then it worked out because he got him back. Oh, right. dude. Nick Ritchie sucked. <laughs> but, <laughs> oh my god! Uh, shout out, shout out again, Dirty Water sixty three at Bruins Rob sixty three on Twitter. Um, getting to the final couple questions here. Um, Frederick for MVP under at you can follow them on Twitter at Frederick underscore MVP. He has a couple questions here. Um, they said deeper meaning in the Beach slash Lorai AHL assignment trade maybe. I think it's just more paper transactions. They're the only guys who are waiver exempt. So it's just kind of the way this one works for now. Yeah, I totally agree. I think those guys are definitely safe. Um, Again, another question that they sent in um, said, you have to talk about Swayman's first 100 career starts versus legends. Um, We opened up the show with that. Hell yeah. Already on top of it. Their next one, hot take. Bruins should trade for a top four D. Hannafin, Chicker, and Fowler. D pairs would be <laughs> new guy, McAvoy, Lindholm, Lorai, former Carlo. <laughs> Only thing is Lorai is a left hand, so maybe you can go, we'll say Hannafin. We'll go Hannafin, McAvoy, um, Lindholm, Carlo, Lorai, Shattenkirk, slash Watherspoon. Love it. Love it. I want Chikrin, but I love yeah. all those options. This one's for you, Mel. Hell yeah. You mentioned it earlier in the show. 
Um, Frederick for MVP says Coil a legit one C. Dude, I don't. I was what I was gonna reference earlier. I don't remember who tweeted it. It might have been might have been Ty Anderson, but it was um, like Bergeron last year through his first through the first uh, forty three games of the season. Bergeron last year had I think it was sixteen goals and thirty seven points. Through the first forty three games of this year, Charlie Coyle has sixteen goals and thirty seven points. He literally has the exact same stats that Patrice Bergeron did last year through the same amount of games. I mean, talk about a guy stepping up, huh? And Coyle, he's not even he's not even playing first line center minutes every night. He's been playing predominantly second line center minutes. He's been getting the call to play first line center every now and then. And he doesn't have pasta on his wing like Bergeron did. There was a point at this year where Coyle was like three or four points away from being a point per game player. He is just shattering all of his career highs across the board this year for a season where the Bruins needed everybody in the lineup to step up with all the, all the departures that they had last year. Nobody on this team has stepped up as much as Charlie Coyle has. He is a bona fide stallion. I took that from, from Mac, uh, McAvoy. I'm now giving it to Charlie Coyle. <laughs> so let me ask you this then of his uh, right now, as we're recording he has 38 points because of that game against Winnipeg last night, how many of those points do you think come from the power play? It's either a lot or a little. I'm going to say seven. Four. And they're all goals. Oh, my so, God. So so 30, so 30. he has 34 five-on-five points. You know what's crazy, too? This is kind of related, but not really. Last episode, we were talking about the Florida Panthers. We were talking about um, uh, Sam Reinhart. Yeah. I believe he has... 32 goals this year. Do you know how many power play goals he has? 16. Did you just look at it? No, was I right? Yeah, he has 16. That's crazy. crazy. And that's that's batshit crazy to have that many power play goals at this, you know, you're halfway through this. I mean, he's he could get 30 plus power play goals this year. Oh, he's got 17 now. Yeah, he 46 games. Sam Reinhardt has 17 power play goals. That is that is silly. So he has 17 power play goals. Yeah. Um. Hang on. I'm. I, I now I'm just curious. Last year, I'm I'm becoming a, a Sam Reinhardt fan. Like I'm I'm gonna start standing his account. Last year he had 31 goals and 16 of them were on the power play. This year through 46 games he has 34 goals and 17 of them are on the power play already. What you just reacted crazily. You said Sam Reinhardt has 17 power play goals? Yes. The Florida Panthers have 34 total power play goals. He has half of their power play goals. Dude. <laughs> That's crazy. That's Sam Reinhardt, who's, who's eclipsed before this year, who's eclipsed 30 goals twice in his life. His career high is 33 goals, has half of the Florida Panthers power play goals. That is just, oh my god, that's crazy. Also, his brother, his brother is he brothers with Griffin Reinhardt? I am not sure. I would not be surprised though. Either way, Griffin Reinhardt has one of the coolest names I've ever heard in my entire life. I know, just um, total. Hot. But yeah, so shout out to Frederick for MVP at Frederick underscore MVP. Uh, this last question comes in from Pasta Party. Follow them on Twitter at Pasta Parties. 
What does the ideal trade deadline look for you guys? If you don't mind, can I start this off? Yes, you may. My ideal trade deadline, you have a deep team already. You have guys in Providence who are ready to go. This year was supposed to be a bridge year. Don't sell off the team to get pieces. I think the team that you have right now is pretty solid, to be honest with you. Maybe you can upgrade your top six. Um, maybe you can upgrade defense. But you've it's proven you've got guys in the system. You've got Lorai. You've got Watherspoon. Um, in the system, I mean, you have Lysel, you have Merkulov. Not saying that, like, come playoff time, you bring them up. But I'm saying if something happens, you at least have these guys in your in your tool belt. I think you make a move for Anthony Duclair because I don't think he's going to cost a ton. And then maybe a move for a depth defenseman, maybe, an upgrade over Grizz or Forbert on the left side. But don't go crazy. Don't go selling first-round picks. You hardly have any as it is. Don't go selling your assets. Again, you hardly have any as it is. The team's good. You're in first in the division. Um, I don't think they're first in the entire league. I think they're second. They're um, second. They, they, I believe they're one point behind Vancouver, and they have yep. one game at hand. Yep, one game behind Vancouver. You just beat Winnipeg, who's in third. Um, you just beat Colorado, who's in fourth. And then Florida's um, in fifth. Don't go crazy. That's my ideal deadline. Don't go crazy. Um, if you can find a way to get rid of Forbert, without paying too much, I would do that and pull the trigger on that, but don't go nuts. I totally agree. I feel like this is the first time in a long time that the Bruins are thinking about future years rather than just this year right now, where this aging core every year was, this might be the last year, this might be the last year, push all of our chips into the pile. We're, they're not that team anymore. We have a future now, damn it. We have young players. We have guys coming through the system. So to your point, Definitely. I would not want to sell the farm. I would not want to trade any of their high level prospects. I don't want to move any big picks unless you're talking about a guy like Chikrin, who's 25, who you know that you can resign long term. Um, I'm I'm I want a second line winger. I've been very vocal that I want that guy to be Duclair. And that's the move that I'm looking for. Not only am I hoping that they trade for Duclair, I'm also hoping that the Bruins trade away Derek Forbert. Those are the two biggest things for me. Um and we'll see what happens. If they want to get a depth defensive piece, I'm okay with that. If they want to get a guy, I know um, in the past we were talking about guys, doesn't have to be Redco Gudis, but Redco Gudis-like, who are just kind of pieces of shit, who's going to rough it up and you know light a fire on their ass when you need it. Maybe a guy who can go out there and answer the bell when you need to fight somebody, so it doesn't have to be Trent Frederick, who's becoming one of your... You don't want Trent Frederick in the box anymore because he's so valuable of a player. You don't want him to be the guy to have to drop the mitt. Shout out Chris Davis every time something goes wrong. So maybe if the Bruins could trade for a defenseman who uh, can maybe assume that role while also being effective defensively, uh, something that not every defenseman on this roster can say that they do, would be important as well. So those are the, the three things I want is a depth defenseman, Anthony Duclair, and to trade Derek Forbert. Yeah. All right, boom, perfect. So that was the DMs for the week. Um, I think we forgot to do it last week, but we'll, we'll re-up it this week. Our three stars of the week. So I'll start my third star, or do you want to, do you want to go back and forth? Back and forth. Okay. So third star of the week for me, I'm going to go, we could even do the past two weeks because we, we didn't do it last week. So my third star, 
Linus Allmark went down. He was out. Third star, um, Jeremy Swayman, four wins in a row. Um, lost to Vegas in overtime, but that's fine. Still secured a point. It was a two to one overtime loss. But outside of that, four to three overtime win against St. Louis. Um, three to nothing shutout win against New Jersey. Five to two win against a high powered Colorado team, and then a four to one win against Winnipeg. Um, Jeremy Swayman is my third star of the week. Two weeks, I guess. Um, damn it, I was gonna say Swayman too. I'm gonna say my third you star can of say the Sway. week. Nope. I'm going to say my third star of the week, I'm going to give it to the Mr. Jake DeBrusque. I ah. think the last time we did this, I might have gave him one of my stars too, but he's on a point-per-game pace. The last, I believe you said it was 11 games. He's completely turned his season around. I think I tweeted the other day that it would be a total Jake DeBrusque move to have four goals after the first 35 games and then to go on a hot streak and to still somehow finish the year with 25 goals. I would not be surprised if he had 20-something goals to end this year after the atrocious start that he has because had because when he gets hot, there's nobody who can be hotter in hockey than Jake DeBrusque. And uh, he's been on one hell of a bender as of late. They've won five in a row, and I know he's had a hand in every single one of those wins. So Jake DeBrusque is my third star of the last two weeks. All right. Um, my second star of the week, So, or sorry, second star of the past two weeks. Um, and by the way, these past two weeks, Two weeks, I can't speak. These past two weeks, there's been seven games. My second star of the past two weeks is Mr. Number 74, Jake Dabrowski. He's got four goals, two assists, six points in seven games. He's a plus seven. Um, He's been on a heater. He's been on a heater since the Christmas break, and I think – you know, everybody sees it. Everybody knows it. He's hot right now. He's on fire. And you see the benefit that that brings to the team when he's cooking. So, Jake DeBrusque, you're my second star of the past two weeks. My second star of the past two weeks is the one and only, the man with perhaps the ugliest number in all of hockey. That is the Dan Heinen. Nice. <laughs> he's been playing great hockey. Was he? Is he 43? Yeah. 42? Ugly ass number. 43, 43. I can't, I thought they were saving that number for when they hang up Matt Barkowski's number. I guess I was wrong. You would have thought um, so. <laughs> he's been playing great hockey as well the last couple of weeks. Of course, capped off by his first career hat trick against Montreal the other night. This is a guy who nobody was really expecting much of to the point where nobody was even calling his phone and offering him a contract until the Bruins did two and a half weeks into the season and he's done everything he's done everything that that the Bruins have needed him to do and more he's played first line minutes a couple times he's played third line minutes second line minutes minutes he's playing either wing he can play center in a pinch if you need him to he's been performing out of this world and I think that his strong season culminated with the game you saw the other night against Montreal I think that nobody had deserved a hat trick more than Dayton Heinen for everything he's poured into this franchise over the last six or seven weeks is becoming a Boston Bruin. So he's another guy too. It's going to be interesting to see what happens with him in the off season. He's not going to get a monster contract, but I mean, there's no denying the performance that the Bruins have gotten from Dan Heinen this year. No other team in the league thought that he was capable of what he's been doing this year because they would have signed him because the guy was hanging out in a Boston hotel room before the Bruins called him. So <laughs> Dan Heinen is my second star of the last two weeks. All right. My first star of the past two weeks. Drum roll, please. 
Number one star. First Sully. Wait, keep going. Keep going. Number one star. First Sully. In these past two weeks for the Boston Bruins, he happens to wear a pair of the same number. And that's eight. Number 88, David Pasternak. David Pasternak in the past seven games, he's got six goals, five assists, um, plus three. He's on a tear. He, per usual, um, you know, David Pasternak, just the absolute cog in this offensive powerhouse that is the Boston Bruins. And, um, yeah, he's my number one star for these past two weeks. Just an absolute stud. And I would do anything for this amazing human being that is David Pasternak. Let me get a drum roll. All right. Ready? Yep. My first star of the last two weeks. I've thought long and hard about this. It's a deserving uh it's a deserving award that I don't take lightly. My first star the last two weeks goes to a player who wears two of the same number. Oh. No, it Chuck is not eighty eight David Pasternak. As Silly just stole my thunder. Fuck it is number eleven, <laughs> Trent Frederick. Hey! <laughs> Ready. Um, I'm going to be honest. I don't have his numbers in front of me of what he did the last two weeks, but God damn it. Every single time this guy touches the ice, he passes the eye test. There is nothing he can't do. He can draw penalties. He can cause chaos. He can punch Jacob Truba's face in. He can score goals. He can get assists. He can dive on the ice and make plays. He does everything for this team, everything that they need him to do. He can play wing. He can win faceoffs and you've, You've seen that the last two weeks. You've seen it the whole season, really. But um, you've really seen it the last couple of weeks where he. it seems like every single night this guy is doing something out of this world outlandish that just like makes you want to just reach out on your TV screen and hug the guy. God damn it. I, the, the goal that he had, I know I talked about it earlier, but the goal that he had, the empty netter goal when he dove and yeah. hit that in with, like that is the culmination of Trent Frederick hockey. I... And I hate the cross sports, even though I do it all the time. But when the Celtics traded Marcus Smart, there was a hole in my heart because I love those gritty guys who will just, they care about nothing except for the city and the team on their chest. And they go out every single night and do whatever the hell they have to do to represent this city and just to play the best of their ability. And with Trent Frederick, he is literally, if Marcus Smart, was a hockey player. The yeah. stuff that this guy, he's not just effective offensively on the score sheet. He's not just, he can uh, wreak havoc defensively as well at times. He does everything that the team asks him to do. And then some teams hate playing against him, and everybody wants a player like that. And my first star of the last two weeks and who I think should win the seventh player award this year for the Bruins is the Trent Frederick. Lock yes. him up, Donnie. Let's go. Absolutely, dude. And I, I have his stats in the past two weeks if you want me to read them off. Read them. But, all right, so he has a goal and three assists in the last seven games. So he's got four points in seven. But like you said, it's it's not always about the points that he's putting up. It's about everything he's doing away from the puck, too. If you had told me that Trent Frederick had eight goals and 15 points in the last seven games, I would have believed you. God bless I you. <laughs> I would have <laughs> believed you because he is all over the ice every time he plays. Yeah, yeah. Um yeah, so that's me and Mel's three stars of the past two weeks because apologies. We were kind of rushing through last week's episode. We forgot. But um, let's see here. So before next podcast, which will be recorded on next Tuesday, um, we've got four games. So we'll do a quick little prediction here. Um, Mel, Carolina, 
in Boston tonight. TD Garden 730. TNT. 3-1 Bruins. 3-1 Bs. I'm going to say... Ooh, I'm feeling good about this one, Mel. I'm feeling real fucking good about this feeling one, Mel. Feeling groovy? Let me I'm hear I'm going to say 5-1. to one. Five to one win for the Bruins. Trent Frederick gets two goals because he heard you name him the first star of the past two weeks. So he's going to be riding a high. Um, it's going to be a big game for the Bruins at home against Carolina. Five one win. Let them know. Let them know. Next, next we got a game on Thursday, so a little back to back. Traveling as well, so up to Ottawa. Um, <clears throat> Ottawa seventeen twenty four and one. Bruins 29-8-9 as of now. Um, prediction. Ottawa sucks. So Terrible. I'm going to say we f- might f- 5-2 to two win. We might take Jacob Chickram home. Jesus. We might take Jacob Chickram home with us. Dude. Um, oh, man. I'm going to say another one. I'm going to say 4-2 to two win. I'm going to say 4-2. to two. This is totally unrelated. But okay. Mm-mm. I saw a really funny Better Call Saul meme earlier today. <laughs> okay. And I and I sent it to my friend Marcus on Twitter. And he was like, oh, yeah, dude, that person's death scene really killed me. No. No. I'm not done with the show yet, dude. <laughs> oh, no. That's the worst. Well, if you're listening, send a prayer up for Mel because oh, that man, sucks. Dude. I need the... Uh, the thing from Men in Black where they the little flash thing. Oh just, yeah, the flash. But honestly, knowing myself, I would just go back in and read his read his text again. <laughs> I need to clip that reaction. Um, <laughs> that just killed right. my vibe. So we just have uh, we both have the Bruins beating Ottawa. Um, yep. And then Saturday, matinee action. Bruins in oh, Philadelphia. Christ. Prediction. No Carter Hart, by the way. No Carter the Bruins- Hart. A Bruins manatee game? A manatee game. In Philly. Um, three to two Bruins. Uh, wow. I was going to say the exact same thing. We're on the I'm same wavelength, baby. In a shootout. In a shootout. Shootout. Well, if it goes into a shootout, the Bruins have no chance because they are absolutely pitiful when the clock strikes zero and the score is tied. I don't know what it is. They can't win in overtime. They can't win in shootouts. Yeah. But I like so I like three to two in a shootout. I'm I'm gonna <laughs> I think that there's a chance just because it's flyers. All right. Who is their last... who is their goalie now that Carter Hart's gone? Um fuck. I just saw it. I literally just saw it. Um Tell you in a second. Oh, you know what? Actually, while we're talking about goalies and while you're looking for that, I do want to give a shout out to the Mister Yanni Peretz. Um, if you're unfamiliar with who he is, take a shot. But he went to Quinnipiac. He was their starting goalie last year. Who when the Quinnipiac won the national championship? Did you know I went there? Anyways, he no. plays for the Carolina Hurricanes, and he got called up. Uh, I don't think he's had his first official start yet, but he did go into a game when they pulled uh, Antti Ranta like a week and a half ago, a couple weeks ago. Um, so as a very proud QU alum, I am very excited to watch his NHL career. I think that the Carolina Hurricanes really have somebody in him. Mm-hmm. Excellent goalie. But the Flyers goalie without Carter Hart is Samuel Urson. Okay, Ooh. so 
Five nothing Bruins. <laughs> All right. <laughs> no, I'm so, still rocking uh, with three to two. Yeah. Um, finally, we'll cap it off with a mid recording game Calgary in Boston on Tuesday night, seven o'clock. Four to two Bruins. Seven to two Bruins. Wow. A pounding. Yeah, Listen, they're going to put up a touchdown. Something about Bruins when they play teams from Canada. It, they usually beat the brakes off of them, and when they lose, they get their brakes brakes beaten off. Like when Winnipeg destroyed Boston to start the year. Yeah, all the Canadian teams: Winnipeg, Calgary, Ottawa, Montreal, Vancouver, Edmonton. That's all the Canadian teams. I mean, that's all of them. Those are all, all the relevant ones, at least. Those Every, are all the ones with uh, recent history, right? Well, it's all the ones that aren't just baiting TikTok. Um, that's true. Milk, but yeah, milk. Uh, <laughs> Um, yeah, so so that's our prediction for the games leading up until the next episode. Um, as always, I want to remind everybody that we are brought to you in partnership with the one and only Primetime Productions. You can follow them on Twitter at Primetime Prods to keep up with every article, every podcast that the company that we pump out. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at Bruins Something, no G at the end. Uh, YouTube at something's brewing. Sometimes we post full episodes on there. Sometimes we just post, you know, shorts and little things that you can watch. Um, but outside of that, make sure you t- tune in to the uh, PTP um, clash, I guess you can call it PTP West versus PTP East, the tapped in series um, starting on Thursday. And obviously, you know, we'll be posting more about that to, to, you know, keep everybody updated with the times and links to watch and everything. Um, But outside of that, the Boston Bruins, your Boston Bruins right now are 29, eight and nine, the defending Atlantic division champions, I guess you can call them. Um, One went away from 30 um, leading the Atlantic division by seven points. Um, Florida right behind us, Toronto kind of there or team that should not be named is right there as well. But um, outside of that, I mean, you actually, I'm looking at the division standings right now. Boston at 67, Florida at 60, Toronto in third place, 54 points, Detroit right behind them at 53, Tampa right behind them at 53. So that third spot is not locked up in any sense. Um, But outside of that, we got Trent Frederick Hummel. We got Linus Hallmark back healthy. We got Jake DeBrusque literally on fire, skating down the ice. The fucking Matt Grizzlick's dad has to come out every time after Trent after Jake DeBrusque has a shift because he's got to <laughs> fix the ice. This guy is hot <laughs> as a fucking pistol right now. Um, David Pasternak doing David Pasternak things, shooting the puck, scoring goals, setting up plays, hitting one timers, bar down, doing whatever you can. Jeremy's swimming on fire. The team is sexy. Everything looks fucking great right now. I love hockey. I love Boston. I love the Bruins. I love you. I love everybody. Aww. We're having a great time. Rah! Rah! <laughs> and with that being said, this was episode 76 of the Something's Bruin podcast. And as I mentioned before, you can follow us on Twitter at Bruin Something. You can follow our YouTube at Something's Bruin. You can follow myself on Twitter at underscore Mike Sullivan. And you can follow Mel on Twitter at Nick Melanson underscore. Until then, 
Don't forget that our DM and voicemail segment is brought to you in partnership with Mel's House Crab Rangoons. Hell yeah. Put in, put in promo code MEL2024 for a 15% discount to your next Crab Rangoon <laughs> order. And with that being said, episode 60... Nope, episode 76 of the Something's Brewing podcast brought to you in partnership by the Primetime Productions. Your first place, Boston Bruins, are on a heater. They're on a tear. What are they going to do with the deadline? Are they going to sign JD? Are they going to sign Omar or Swayman? Whatever. You know what I mean. (laughs) 29-8-9. Team is humming. We'll catch you next week. Let me do my one two step. Dude, that's what happens with my brain. Things just fly in, and like it'll come in one side, fly out of my mouth, and then come out the other. And then the other side is when I'm like, hmm. Maybe I shouldn't have said that. But it's too late because it's already out in the ether. Oh, God. All right, right, let's get this thing started, yeah. Let's get it started. Let's get it started in here. And running, running, and running, running, and running, running, and running, and running.
Say it. 